Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. The Brewing Network Sunday Session is brought to you by the badasses at More Beer. Visit them at morebeer.com. Great beer is about drinkability. Doesn't matter the style. You guys are like walking beer Wikipedia. That's the first time that you've ever accepted me as a person. Or you have a fermentation in your gut. I'm jet propelled at all times. (laughs) How many guys do you think that you have the privilege to slap? Somebody who's never tasted a commercial example. And this is how you know everything about this beer? Please, you don't. I think that's bullshit. (laughs) I think it's bullshit, too. Wow. Are you guys going to arm wrestle? No. No. We're going to teabag fight. (laughs) You heard of Junkyard Wars? Can I get another high five? Now, live from the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California, this is the radio program for home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with, well, expert drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is The Session. Oh, boy. Uh, a couple weeks vacation, all ruined, and four minutes, you know, all the stress was gone, and uh, about four minutes of pre-show activity, and... Uh, I feel like leaving again. I'm out of here. Where are you going? I don't care. I'm going to go to Martinez. I'm going to go on vacation to Martinez, I think. Actually, I feel much calmer than I did before I left, even though the same disasters are happening. I always felt the same way when I've been gone all summer, and I want to okay go back to school and see everybody. Yeah. Within the first day or two, it's like... Hey. Stressed out again. Well, no, it's like, oh, it was summer. <laughs> back the other way. Well, we're back, and we're on air, and that's what counts. Happy to be here, back in the studio, in the, in the hop grenade. I missed the hop grenade while I was gone. I'm sure you did. A little. <laughs> I went to beer bars uh, all over France. Well, all over Paris. Would have helped if you spoke French? <laughs> I, my French sucks. Well, of course it does. Kuhn, you speak French at all? Oui. Yeah, you do. Yeah, my French is really bad. I think I should take French classes, but... Uh, At best, you'd be a Canadian French guy. The the pronunciation <laughs> is very difficult. Is the is the problem? Well, yeah, there's there's because there's, there's you there's know sounds that we don't make. <laughs> there's sounds we don't make. So I'm I'm trying to remember the words, but there's two things you have to you remember the words and then the the pronunciation, which of course sounds silly. Of course that's what it is. But like you point out, Doc, but there's sounds that we don't make. Yeah. 
And I end up just sounding like a fucking asshole. <laughs> Try to sound like a retard. Well, the, I, I felt a little bit better. So I've been to I've been to France now like five times. One of my favorite oh. places. And uh, and I, I my French is still terrible. Um, <laughs> but I met an American there who who speaks French fluently, but his pronunciation is is awful. It's terrible. He sounds like an American speaking French. He doesn't. He doesn't oh, do any it, of the no, sounds. No, no, it's his, it's his accent. Uh, What's well, his accent? Yeah, but he literally doesn't produce the the sounds that he's supposed to. Well, it's, it's like a Texan speaking French. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But everybody understood him, so it actually made me feel a lot better because I was like, oh, well, even if I fuck up the pronunciation a little bit, people will still understand. Yeah, me. they know the common mispronunciation. Uh, yeah, they'll just look at me like they looked at like, him, oh, which you know, they're like, well, yeah, it's a little bit of like, oh, you're an American idiot, but. At least he was speaking French, mm-hmm. you know, and have, and holding conversations. So I don't know. I'll see what happens. I don't think you can do it. I don't think so either. I don't think. You can. But it's no. wish. You know, I got to dream about it. A Come little on, bit. DVC's right over there. I know. I already. I came back <laughs> and I and I looked up classes, old adult education classes. Yeah, which made me feel like an old guy. Yeah, I'm like opening the adult oh, education you, manual. You won't until you go take those classes. <laughs> I have taken those classes. You won't be the oldest one in there. No, I'm you sure. You got all these people going to go on their vacation. Yeah. And they're trying to learn yeah. to speak that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not like Adam and Eve offering adult products. It's not the good kind of adult. <laughs> it's not the good kind of adult. Absolutely not. Yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Who has time for that? It's just that every time I go there uh, to Europe and everybody speaks at least European. Two, two languages. At least. And they have to deal with me, you know, every time. And I'm like, well, do you speak English? Yes, of course we do. Oh, well, thank God. I need to order a beer. <laughs> well, it's worse when you try to speak their language and they go, oh, yeah, you want to speak French or you want to speak German? They go, yeah, that's why I'm trying. <laughs> yeah. It was fun, though. I had a great time. I was just there. I'll tell you guys more about it later because I brought some beer back. I brought back a beer called Tasty. Brewed by our uh, friends in Paris, Outland Brewing Company. You guys remember Yen? Oh, yeah. Uh, Outland is, a, a, in my opinion, they're making the best beer in France from what I tasted. And Tasty is, is one of them. Is yours not working, Tasty? It's a little low or something. Oh, yeah, I know why. Things um, are cutting in and out a little bit. Speak, you speak up until the break, and then I'll fix it. All right. Yeah, yeah, there yeah, tell it's yeah it's, there's a gate on there that I can't Yeah, break. I can tell. It's just cutting in and out. I'll fix it. The break. So, uh, Tasty's a great beer. I brought some back for us to try. I brought back some Italian beer for us to try. I hope it's better than the Italian beer that I had. Um, now, I know that the Italians are they're making some good beer now. There's some good craft breweries there. Kuhn, help me out here. Kuhn is here, uh, along with Shubro's uh, Brewing Company. They're hanging out in the studio today. We're going to be talking to both of them soon. Um, and Kuhn is from a brewery in Belgium. What's the brewery name, Kuhn? The brewery name is Huldenspoor. Uh, Say it again. Golden <laughs> uh, Spore. It's like uh, the, the, gold, the golden uh, spore. They used it uh, in, uh, in some wars to attach to their feet to uh, help the horses run faster. Okay. Oh, the spork? Spurs. Spurs, I had, yeah. Spork. I had a different brewery name here from you. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of them. I thought you told I, me yeah, it's well, Zeven Zondi. I was fairly confused. <laughs> this is like the worst pre-interview ever. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> you see if it's you can make the right, sense It's not even it. the right brewery. Yeah, is Zeven Zondi yes, the brewery I, I, too? Yeah, no. Zeven Zondi is the beer I make. Okay. Uh, and my brew company is called Hugel, but I make it in the brewery, which is called Hugel uh, and Spore. Okay. So I don't have no brewery. I brew it in their brewery. Got it. 
Yeah. See, Scott gets confused very easily, so I can understand <laughs> how this is weird. even worse. That was clear. <laughs> no, no, I'm saying that this is even worse for you. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, but I freelance brew also for a brewery which is called Casa Mutton. Okay. So that's another story as well. Oh, all You're right. You're still following? I am. Okay. All in Belgium. All right. in Belgium, yeah. Okay. West Flanders. Fantastic. So help me out here. Are the Italians starting to make good beer? You're not sure about it either. No. So, okay. Now, no position to I'm say. I'm glad you said that because... <laughs> Everyone in, in, in France and even a bit over here is telling me, no, no, the, the Italians are getting good at it. There's some good breweries, but I'm having a hard time finding one. And so every place I went, if they had a craft beer, and I know the difference. I know that sometimes they say it's craft beer, but it's clearly not. Like, I know what I'm looking at. They have their Budweiser. Yeah, of course. So I tried some, some real craft beer. Oh, man, it's real bad. Like one of them was, you know, just infected, and the other one... It's like bubbling over, like everyone you open is a gusher, and they're having some trouble with the craft beer. Did they there. stand there and watch you taste it and, and watch your reaction? <laughs> no, no, because I didn't have it at any breweries. So, in the Italian breweries' defense, I did not have yeah. any fresh Italian beer from a brewery. Okay, so I don't mean to. I'm not trying to piss all over Italy here, uh, but the few that I had, you know. They were real bad. So I, you know, Moretti Rosa. Yeah. Rosso? Rosa, I think. I, I just drank that. Uh, oh, that's, Which, by the way, is really well, good it, fresh. It's a Doppelbach. It's awesome. Yeah. It's a, if it's fresh, it's nice. We get it here, too. And, you know. I still like it. Here. It is what it is. Uh, Isn't it in the green bottle out here, the Moretti stuff? No. The, the, their regular lager is yeah. like their golden lager. That's in a green mm. bottle. But their, their Rosa, like they yeah. do everything different with that when it's in a brown bottle. It's brewed really well. It's nice. I had a lot of that. Um, in France, however, I had some good beer. And I had some bad beer. I'm not going to lie. But I had, that happens here, too, doesn't it? Uh, but the breweries are getting a lot better. Last time I was in France, it was like three years ago. And there was half as many breweries. And the half that were there, a quarter of them made a good beer. So now there's double the breweries. And at least half of them are making good beer. <laughs> so I think they're doing well. And, um, but beer bars are opening up there, a lot like ours here at the Hop Grenade. Um, not really bottle shops and bars, just craft beer bars. Um, La Fin Mousse was one of them, which you guys remember a while back we had um, a gentleman from France on called Simon and bottle his shop? from the bottle shop, La Cava Bull, I think it's called. He's doing really well, and he's part of this La Fin Mousse beer bar now, and they're doing great. In fact, the only trouble, I, th the, I think that the beer bars there are really respecting beer and doing a good job. The trouble they're having is they can't find enough good beer. Because believe me, I thought, I was like, hey, I wonder if the hop grenade would make it in France. Uh, I thought about it a lot, because I want to go to Location France more often. You know? <laughs> sure. So, but the problem would be getting, getting, the beer. getting enough good beer. I don't think we can get enough good beer there yet. We could get a lot of good Belgian beer, of course. Um, but it's the American-style beer that's becoming popular and driving the movement over there, too. Do you find that happening in Belgium, too, Kuhn, that American-style beers are helping push craft beer? Yes. It is. last two years, we have seen some IPAs and uh, some triple hops in Belgium, and that is pushing the market a little bit. And it's, also, it's just driving interest. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah it's just something for retailers latch on to. Right? Yeah, exactly. It gives them more variety. Yeah. And it's something new. Like the Parisians, the, the, the young people, actually not even just young people, they just they like new stuff just like we do. So the, the hoppy beers are doing well. And the French beers that I had that were hoppy beers were, were pretty damn good too. What's the distribution kind of stuff over there? Uh, is it a problem? So you, you want to open up a hop grenade over there. Can you 
load up a container over here and just ship it over there, or you have to jump through the hoops like we have to here? Well, you can, and it's happening, but it's happening in small quantities. And actually, the real problem is that most breweries here are selling all the beer that they make here. So they don't, they're not really inclined to put it on a container and send it over. No, I'm talking about you. No, I know who you... own container, and you just... And then... No, no, I know exactly what you're talking about, but they wouldn't want to send me to send the beer there would be the problem. It's me convincing breweries, let me have some beer, and, and a lot of it, because I'm going to put it on a container. So, like, you can get rogue all over France right now. Because they want to be there. Not so much in Belgium. Not so much, no. Rogue wants to be there. I had Anchor in France. I had Bear Republic. Right. Um, so there are breweries doing it. Uh, but then there are other breweries, the ones you know we really want there, right? I, I'd want to bring over more Firestone. I'd want to bring over more Drakes, I'd, you know, things like that. Well, these guys are all at capacity, right? And they're selling it all in their market. So it's kind of like, you know, a lot of times we have breweries in here and we ask them if they're, you know, our listeners call in and go, hey, when are you going to start shipping to Kentucky? And they're like, well, we're, we're already at, we were selling everything in our own market. So it's going to be a while. And now I'm asking them to help me ship it overseas. So... I think there's still some time ahead of us. But Simone, with the, with the beer shop and then part of the Le Fin Mousse, is also a distributor. He's part of a, a distribution company who brings in beer, also distributes French and Belgian beer to his own beer bars. It's kind of a badass little system. Like, you're the yeah. guy. They like the three-tier system. You can have all three. <laughs> but he's the he's <laughs> he's all, all three-tier. Three. <laughs> I think he has partners, so I don't, it's not just all, all him, right. but... Uh, I do find that interesting, and he's distributing to other beer bars, but it's a bit of like a... I don't know a lot about it, so so forgive me if I'm saying things that are inaccurate, but he could kind of decide, like, well, our beer bar will get this, exactly. and your beer bar, ah, you could have a few of the other things <laughs> that are left over. I don't know. It just seems like a, a slippery... Just a little bit imbalance of power. A little slippery slope there. I got a feeling as soon as you figure this out... Yeah. I'm out of here. Yeah. I'm moving to France. We're going to lose you like that. Scott, take notes because you're going to be the new host of the session. I'm fucking out of here. I love that place. Leave his bar of soap here, too. <laughs> yeah. I had a good time. It was fun. So we'll try. I brought um, two different French beers uh, one from Outland and one from Salive, um, who I think is the other best brewery in France. Of the ones that I had, of course. This is of limited uh, well, people knowledge. People recommending these you know. beers. Well, right. They were recommended to me, and I met some of the brewers. You know, that always helps, too. Um, so I brought a couple of those, and then I brought an Italian beer. And then on another show, I'll bring some more in, because I brought back some other uh, beers, too. And I always like to do that. you leave all your underwear there so you could just <laughs> so pack that I, well, suitcase I brought, full? I brought extra suitcases. Here's what was different about this trip than normal. You know, normally I bring back two suitcases full of Cantillon. Yeah. Now that I own a beer bar, I can get the shit. So, so Kate was really Kate the Great's really excited because she's like, "Really, we can put other things in the suitcase this time? Like, we could bring home wine, and we brought home some other beer. I only brought one beer home for myself. Uh, everything else was for you guys, and then I brought a bunch of wine home for myself this time because I didn't have to stock up on Cantillon. And by the way, I know what people are paying for Cantillon now too. Now that we're paying for it, let me tell you." They're raping you. It's not, not pretty. Too, they're not being too nice. Not a pretty picture. There are beer bars in this state, maybe even this county, <laughs> maybe this town, <laughs> <laughs> maybe just up the bar tracks, who are charging you an awful lot of money for your Cantillon. Now, I'm not saying it's cheap, like we get it all that cheap, 
I'm just telling you, there's it's a, a markup. Mark, it's a markup up. Whew. Oh, oh yeah, the Mark of the Bear markups. Here at the Hop Grenade, we don't follow those practices. We mark up all of our beers the same. So we mark up our Cantillon, even though we have less of it, the same way we mark up our other beers. So if you feel like coming in and having an affordable, awesome Belgian beer, I suggest you come to the Hop Grenade. We've taken a moral stand. We have. It's probably a stupid idea. We could make a lot more money on these our beers. Own, our own general manager is like, what are you guys, nuts? <laughs> yeah, we're like, I don't know. It just doesn't. Well, you got to put the ad out. Cheap, cheap. Cheapest Cantillon in town. <laughs> but well, if we do that, we're, we're just inundated and then it's gone. Exactly. It's already gone. You don't say anything well, and you can't keep it on for say, a night. Well, say, well, yeah, sorry, it's gone. Have something else. Well, and they're see, like, I see it on the, I, I can literally see it in the fridge. That's the other. <laughs> I'm looking at it. Except, but that's the other part of our deal. We actually don't put it on the shelf, and we don't put it on the menu. Because what we don't want is the people who come in and buy it and then put it on eBay. We don't, oh, yeah. We don't want those douchebags. For, especially, for only, yeah. especially because of our price. Like You can buy it super cheap and then sell it on... Well, not cheap. Cheaper. And then sell it on, on eBay. We don't like that. So we don't even put it on the shelf. You kind of have to know we have it. And I'm telling you right now that we have it. I think we still have it. I think they're gone. Has it been, was it gone <laughs> since <laughs> I left? <laughs> oh, I, I, don't, I think they lasted one night. I think we put out a handful, and they were gone immediately. They were gone. Okay. I think we're saving a few more for uh, possibly you, the next sour show. Can you okay. buy them back on eBay? <laughs> yeah, let's go get them back. Well, I guess I should have brought home more Cantillon. <laughs> uh, all right. Wait, I, I do I have a question about the, um, yeah. the Anchor and the um, Bear Republic and those American beers you were seeing out there. What yeah. was the price point like? I don't remember. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you why, because the first couple days I was there, I hadn't. I didn't pay for anything because I didn't switch my money over to euros yet. So my friends bought everything. And then I left Paris and did other stuff. So I, but it wasn't that bad. Uh, I don't think it was a whole lot more expensive than we pay for it here. Is it, so I kind of thought that. But I'm wondering how in the world they can make it work. Because aren't beer margins notoriously small and the volume no. is hot? No. No. I no. don't think that's the deal. I think... Uh, is, is the industry going to turn its back on me? Because I think that's what we've been told. <laughs> but it isn't true. Hmm. It depends. It's a numbers game. It always depends. Volume obviously helps. So if a brewery like Rogue is sending over a container full of beer they and, and Anchor, they can sell it at a more reasonable price point. But if you're only sending over a pallet of beer, right. for example, that's really not much beer. It's yeah. almost nothing. And so the, it is certainly a numbers game. But I think the margins are pretty decent in beer. I think if the margins weren't so good in beer, we wouldn't be seeing everybody and their brother opening up a purr. That's true. Let's and not kid each other. Maybe it's just small in comparison to yeah. whiskey or something. Maybe yeah. it's just relatively small, but not small by business's standard. Well, and by that um, uh, association, that, that's why sour beers uh, oftentimes we pay more for. Because like whiskey, they have to sit around. Right. on the, It's inventory. It doesn't. Right. Uh, things like that. So, I don't know. I thought the prices were good. The problem is that I'm already losing money going over there. Because the dollar sucks compared to the euro. So I think I get something like... So you did good coming this way, Coon. Yes, sure. Yeah. <laughs> He's smiling. I think I lose something like 32 cents a dollar right wow. now. Sort of like just taxes. Yeah. No, not as much. Yeah. So I get... For every dollar I put in, I get 68 cents back. Yeah, wow. Scott, you, you couldn't even deal with no it. No way. You would look at it once, you'd get back on the plane, yeah. and you'd go home. And I speak fluent French and Italian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can't you handle can't. It. it. Yeah, so that already hurts. And what's up with the dollar? Okay, it, so you're not going there anymore. <laughs> well, that's not true. <laughs> I'm leaving again in a month. Uh, <laughs> uh, fuck you. 
Anyway, Can it's worth it. Can you put me in the luggage? You want to hear one crazy story before we, we move on and talk about beer? <laughs> I found this. Back. I found this little place in the south of France. Uh, it's a bar in a tiny little town. The town lives within the walls of a castle. Like it used to be a castle or a kingdom or something. Castellette. And the town still lives within these walls. It's a tiny little town, and there's this beer bar. Uh, actually, it's an everything bar. And there's liquor, there's alcohol everywhere. I, I mean, even on the bar, like where you would sit at the bar, you'd have one little space to put your glass down, and everything else you'd be surrounded by bottles of alcohol because the guy's deal is that he wants to have every alcohol in the world. And then he has something like 400 beers. In fact, I even saw Wes Letterin, uh, like a six-pack of wow. it. But he wouldn't sell it to me, fucker. Because you're American or you couldn't speak French? No, because he said it was a gift to him. So I don't think he bought Like someone gifted it to him. And you've but anyhow, the point of this story is I love charcuterie. I could live on beer and charcuterie. In fact, that's what I do when I, when I go there. So sausages, you know, uh, uh, cured meats. There, it's amazing. Pate, all this sort of stuff. At this particular bar, you can rent. You rent it. <laughs> A platter about the size of our mixing board. So what? It's like a two foot by two foot wooden platter, and it's stacked a foot high with various meats and charcuterie, cured meats. It's just, it's enormous, and it's yours for ninety minutes. <laughs> you can eat wow. all that you want for ninety minutes for twelve euros a person, and he'll give you all the bread you want. And there's a bunch of uh, pate that comes with it. He gives you a couple of knives and some bread. And it belongs to you for 90 minutes. And then after 90 minutes, it goes to the next table. They wow. just move it to the next. You reserve it. You rent the thing. So you ate meat that other people touched? I did. <laughs> oh, that's just not you. I know. He's grown up. Um, no. He just wanted meat. My germophobia did kick in about 20 minutes in uh, when I realized how much like I had to handle the stuff to uh, cut it. Like my sweaty hands and, oh, were just and, all over and it. And other people touched it, too. Yeah. Um, but... It's so good. I just kept eating it. <laughs> Can you know? guess how much meat you put in your mouth? <laughs> I put a lot of meat in my mouth. Uh, did you, did you, were you checking your watch to make sure how much of that 90 minutes was left? A lot of time. Well, after about 40 minutes... You're like, yeah, I, you're, you're full, about right to hear. Just, oh. I met my match. I never thought it would happen. <laughs> I thought I could eat charcuterie until the cows come home, so to speak. Um, nope, I met my match. At about 40 minutes... I, I thought I was going to be sick. Because I just kept you're just shoveling it in. You, you didn't want to pull a Roman? Oh, I almost had to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what would you, you do for the, for the last 50 minutes? You slow down. You take a little break. <laughs> you, you kept eating, didn't you? I nibbled. Okay. You got to get through it. It's kind of like when you take, you know. Did you nibble I, from the top? So or I, did you pull, pull from the bottom? Oh, it? everything. I was taking it from everywhere. I, I looked at it like this. I've heard that if you take <laughs> drugs, there's like a certain point where like you, you got to get past the first nausea of the drugs before you have a really good time. Yeah. So I've heard. Yeah. I looked at it like that. You know, you just eat for 30 minutes, and then there's that moment where you're like, oh, this isn't going to be good. This is just not going to be good. I, but if you just ride it out. Make it through. You come through the other side, and you're a better man for it. And that's how I felt about the sausages. <laughs> So you have to double down on the meat after that wave? Yeah. You do, right? You know, you go to the bathroom, maybe you have a cigarette. You so know? When are we having the charcuterie uh, party at your house? <sighs> so I, I, all I could think of was what a great gimmick this thing was, and I would love to do it even here, because I think people would... It's something people talk about. Like, 
people all over France, every time we said we were going to this region, they said, oh, you have to go to Tac Tac. Mm. That's the name of the bar. But there's no way the health department would allow it here. Oh, no. You can't. I mean, it's a mountain of meat with everybody's hands all over it. It's like a buffet Multiple without time. a sneeze at a shield. Maybe we do something like a Brazilian steakhouse. You ever been to like Espetus oh. in San Francisco where they bring the trays around? Like there's, there's the pork guy and there's the yeah, roast beef they, guy. They carve, they carve it off the stick. Yeah, just you? at yeah. your table. So maybe Cut it we, for you. We have a, a oh. roaming staff with charcuterie. Not a bad idea. Not a bad idea. But they have to see the platter because the platter is what does it for you. I, you guys think I'm exaggerating? It's bigger than I'm describing. It's a lot of meat. It's an enormous amount of meat. And it's gnarly meat, too. Like, some of it's normal, but some of it's, like, colon. It's like... It's <laughs> really? A, it's a giant colon. I saw, like, like lips and snout and <laughs> it's things. Just, yeah. It's good, though, you know? Well, I did just have a buddy who had a bachelor party. We roasted a whole pig, and part of his, like, you know, bachelor checklist on the T-shirt was eating the pig's uh, colon. He yeah. said it was delightful. It is. What's the... Kuhn, help me out. It's uh, uh, Antoinette, uh, Ant, Antoine, and Antouille. There's a sausage. Andouillette. Thank you. Andouillette. Yeah. Entrails. Andouillette is pretty gnarly, right? If you cut right? it open, then you want to leave the room. Yes. Yeah. Yo, yeah. For sure. Yeah, well, that's what they always told us in uh, Anatomy. Like, don't, don't cut that part. Oh, don't. Just eat it. Just, yeah. Don't cut it open. Just, just eat it. Don't bite it. <laughs> so I almost ordered it once, and then and I didn't. I moved on to something else. And the French people I was with, they, just, they were just letting me do my thing, right? And when I didn't order it, they were like, you dodged a bullet, man. Because I'm going to tell you right now, a lot of people like that, Andouillette. But it literally tastes like poop. It is poop. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I wonder why. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, wow, I'm glad I, you guys were going to let me order that. Oh, well, you, yeah. 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 Anyway. It would have gone along, though, with the whole, you know, really stinky cheese and sour beer. And is it is it that far removed from these things? It's not, except stinky cheese is, you know, it's bacteria. Uh, it's not poop. It's fermented. It's <laughs> fermented. Thank yeah. you. It's oh. uh, very normal. I see. Andouillette is not fermented. It's, <laughs> no. Well, I mean, it was maybe yeah. inside. Yeah. Like, yeah. Beyond fermentation. Yeah. So, so people have just... Deve- fermentation is not going to help that. No. no. People have developed a taste for poop then. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah, French people french people are very strange i mean they still eat snails you know delicacy although it's a weird thing like even with i talked to them about the snails thing you know i gotta ask about this stuff they don't like snails either they like the sauce the garlic sauce yeah escargots but that is great yes of course but they don't even like but i say to them well then why not just eat the fucking sauce why do you have to put an insect in it and they they all admit they're like yeah it's not the escargot it's the sauce well, then put something else in there, like a noodle. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. It's also the texture. Yeah. yeah. I really like it. You like it? Yeah. See. With a stout, it's great. Really? I like yeah. it. It's one of the only foods it's... I haven't tried when I go there. Because no. I'll try almost anything, but there's something about it. Really? It's, it's a little snail. It's, slug. It's a slug. I don't even like looking at it. No, you don't look at it. <laughs> you just eat it. Yeah. But you could get clams and shrimp in there. Yeah, it's like seafood. Yeah, I don't eat yeah, that either. Well, no. you've had, you know, crayfish, crawdads. Yeah. It's, that's it's basically the snail basically of the, the sea. Exactly. Well, it sounds yeah. like none of it matters. You just drown it in sauce. Yeah. It's like, how good of a barbecue joint do you have to run if you have the best sauce in the world? All your meat can be mediocre. Right. That's my point. Put something good in there instead, like charcuterie. <laughs> Cover that in sauce. Yeah. Garlic sauce is an apology yeah. for whatever it is you're slathering in it. <laughs> well, yeah, when you're eating, you know, 
glands and things. Glands, yeah, large glands. Yeah, like all right, know, like like JP's <laughs> thyroid, <laughs> thyroid, <laughs> thyroid. All right, we got a lot to do today, so I'm sorry to hold you up there. I just I want to talk about my trip a little bit. It was a good time. Uh, we'll bring it up again, and uh, we'll try some beer a little bit later on. But in the meantime, don't forget that today's show is brought to you by our good friends over at More Beer. You can go to morebeer.com right now and check them out. They've been sponsoring this show since uh, before we ever started, since it was in my garage. And they're still sponsoring the show now that we're here at the Hop Grenade. So we want to thank them. Go check them out at morebeer.com. Today, like I told you, we've got Shoe Bros Brewery in here. Mike's in the studio. A local San Ramon Brewery, right? Yep. Love San it. Ramon. Nice to, nice to see more East Bay breweries out here. We're glad to be here. The East Bay is growing up in the beer scene, aren't we? We really have. And that's why we started here was there yeah. was nothing. Right. It's getting exciting out here. We're yeah. becoming a beer destination. Yeah, San Ramon's getting exciting. <laughs> well, the East Bay as a whole. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> right. It's <laughs> Neither the East, would I. East Bay, you know, it's kind of grown out of Oakland. Yeah. It's like they, Oakland, San Francisco got all this attention, and now right. coming over the hill. A little bit for us. Just like the fog. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> we get it every once in a while. And then we've got Kuhn from a hundred different breweries in Belgium. <laughs> Right? Yeah. Is that about right? Yeah. Oh, what do you mean, Justin? You can't get it straight? <laughs> What's wrong? And uh, Mike and Kuhn did, uh, uh, actually more than one, they did several collaboration beers together, so we're going to learn about those today. They've done some here in California, and they've done some in Belgium, so we're going to talk about that with the guys. And we've got Shoe Bros Beer on tap right now, so you can come on out to the Hop Grenade and try it if you want, uh, and, and enjoy the show with us. You can watch through the fishbowl window thing where everyone stares at us. I'm currently drinking the uh, 680 IPA. Nice. It is uh, delightful, named after a local freeway. Homage to our freeway. Uh, I like 680. It's got to be one of the fastest freeways in America. Unless it isn't at like 5 on a Friday. Well, that's true. I just mean that nobody pays attention to the speed limit but on generally, 680. Oh, I see, yes. And the cops yes. will pass you right. You go on 75, cop will drive right by it. You're they right. don't care. Yep. 80 seems to be the speed limit on 680. Yeah, you got like, hey, dude, you got like a couple, couple of inches. Yeah. Bring it up. Once a year, the cops will do a thing where they slow everybody down. It's like 680 day, and they all go out and they pull you over. I read about it in the paper, and they pull you over. That's the thing to slow everybody down. And a week later, we're all doing 80 again. I'm right, right, Mike? Yeah, but okay. that week, it's a slow it works. week. It's a slow, Six straight well, it, day. It's, yeah. the, it's the end of the month when they don't have quotas, yeah, but yeah, they have yeah. quotas. Yeah, exactly right. But they're, they're putting it out there. They have to... Slow everybody down. It's a public safety thing. To protect yeah. Near the end of the month when I need to fill my quota. That's right. It's like, a, hey, we're trying. We're tra- yeah, we're, just, we're yeah. busy. But just letting you know we know. Yeah. <laughs> we're not really watching, but we know. All right. We've got a lot of things to do, so let's get to it. Uh, a few announcements i got to let you know about. Um, our Indiegogo campaign is still going to bring us to Australia. That's right. We're raising money to get the brewcasters to Australia for the Australian National Homebrewers Conference. Uh, some of us already have tickets, but we're trying to get the rest going. So you can contribute there, and you get cool stuff for it. Um, I looked at the statistics on our Indiegogo campaign. Right now, there are more Americans who are not going to Australia for the conference, donating to the campaign to get us to Australia. Really? Then there are Australians. You know where each donation comes from? You can see, yeah, sure. Huh. You can see where it comes from, yeah. What, what is it? Is it like, what, 60-40? I mean, how big More. is disparity? Wow, really? Yes. Wow. Yes, I'm calling you out, Australians, that we are trying to invade your country, and you're slacking a little bit on getting us there. That's all I'm saying. Now, you get, uh, at different levels, you get hats and T-shirts. We made a special hop grenade just for the Australians. We put that shitty-looking Australian flag on it. 
You seen that thing? I thought it was the British flag. <laughs> well, yeah. sort of is. It's got some other stuff on it, so it's a little different. We you took our turn it upside down. We did. <laughs> <laughs> and we, spin it the other way. We took that beautiful hop grenade of ours and we put your flag all over it. Uh, that's one of the levels. You can get our uh, hop grenade double-walled stainless steel growlers at one of the levels. You can get the Firestone Walker uh, Pale 31 instructional DVD at one of the levels. I think we just added beanies. You can get a shout-out, a shout-out right here on the session. A pr- you tell me what to say, and I will say it. I think, can't you tell anybody what to say? You can, like, assign anybody. it to anybody, That's right? That's right. You yeah. can say, uh, I want to hear Doc say whatever. You can. Oh, you I'm can, involved in this? You can pay for that. I thought we could just make you say it. No, if whoever they want. So, if, oh, if, boy. If Sugar Valley Brewer has not taken advantage of that and yeah. make Bevo say, oh, I mean, use oh. your imagination, and we know it's a fertile one, Sugar Valley. <laughs> yeah. You can have her say anything you want, and then you can record it and... Put it on a loop and fall asleep to it. That's right. Every night of your life. Yeah. Uh, oh, my God. Hey, wait a minute. Moscow. I might, I might just, <laughs> Tasty wants in. Any... I just say. Yeah. Yes, Susie Q? Don't give Sugar Valley Brewer any more ideas. No idea. Oh, oh actually, for Susie, some... too. It, no. Yeah, good. Hey, no. that's yeah, a great yeah, point. Hey, have no. Susie can say it. Have Susie and Bevo speak at this, you know. Maybe do a little uh, um, threesome, Scissoring. if you will. Yeah. Um, yeah. Susie and Bevo do a threesome. There's only two of us. <laughs> Whatever. We're Sugar v- at math. Sugar Valley. Okay. We're Sugar Valley. <laughs> Hello. Got to have the guy. Okay. All right. So contribute to the Indiegogo campaign. You can get there on our homepage. It's right there on the OnTap um, tab. And uh, look, we'd appreciate it. I know I'm messing with you guys, but it'd be fun to get more of the brewcasters out there. We can get more content and meet more Australians. And we just think that'd be a good time. So uh, give us a hand if you got any cash. That'd be cool. Uh, we're going to be going to the Great American Beer Festival again, as always, and streaming the awards ceremony like we always do. You can go to thebrewingnetwork.com slash TV and watch the awards. That's coming up in October, of course. I'm just giving you the heads up, letting you know we'll be there. Uh, do both of your breweries uh, enter the... I guess you can't enter the... Yeah. No, yeah. international beers Soon's can't... not American. That's right. It's only huh? American beers. <laughs> the yes. World Beer Cup is the one that international... Do you enter that, Kuhn? No. You haven't done that yet. Uh, Shoe Bros, you enter... We uh, did not do it this year. Okay. All right. I'm a profound slacker. <laughs> Have you... It was, in- it's become hard to get into now, too. They actually changed it to an application process. Oh. Oh, and you let that... <clears throat> application process deadline. <laughs> it was go. I was going to do vetted. it the last night as of course like you would do in college, right? <laughs> sure, right, yeah. And take some Adderall. Turns yeah. out it shuts off at five o'clock Central Time. Oh, not at midnight. We're not when, Central Time. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I missed it by about two hours. Did you yeah. try last year and get shut out like a lot of breweries? No, did? I got in last. You year. did. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So. All right, well, we'll be there, and we'll bring uh, the awards home to you. Uh, don't forget to shop on Amazon to help us out. It's just a, a way to do your normal thing. You shop as usual. You just click the Amazon link on our homepage, and then we get a little piece of the action. It's just an easy way to help us out. Do we have an Amazon product of the week? Yes, it's a good one this week. It's an easy one. It is American Sour Beers by Michael Townsmeyer. Oh, yeah. And there were no less than seven copies bought. Uh, we made 93 cents per book. And it's just a great uh, win-win for uh, Mike. It's a good win for us. Awesome. And uh, for uh, Sour Beer Brewing, and it's also a good time to mention the Sour Show that we did with uh, Jay Goodwin while you were gone, Jay. Oh, yeah. How'd it go? It went really well, and uh, Michael was the guest, and uh, perhaps people heard him there, or perhaps they were just buying it anyway. But either way, good on you. 
and keep it up. Excellent. Uh, we'll have that show up as soon as possible. I just got back, so I'll get the podcast going for the Sour Hour as soon as I can. Subscribe and join the BN Army. Uh, it gives you our newsletter. Uh, it gives us a little cash. It makes you an awesome person. Just hit the donate button to do that. All these updates and more over on Twitter and Facebook. Send your show ideas over to Scott the Jew. That's Scott at thebrewingnetwork.com. And send your feedback to feedback, feedback. at thebrewingnetwork.com. We're going to get feedback? Uh, we are, but not now. No, of course not. Because I want to leave, Doc, and we're all over it. Oh, man. When do you have to go? I'm not leaving. Oh. Oh, good. Doc's with us tonight. Oh, yeah. Doc, you're going to be pleased to find out that Kuhn just got back from Burning Man as well. Doc brought me for my first time. (laughs) (laughs) Are you sure? No. (laughs) Hell no. So we'll probably end up doing some Burning Man talk later in the program as well. Yeah, Yeah, I got stories. (laughs) All right. Well, how about this? Let's take a quick break. We'll refill our beers. 888-401-BEER. That's our phone number. 888-401-BEER. Bevo's on vacation. So Susie Q is in there taking your questions. You can also join the chat room. Hit the chat button on the homepage. It's the session live from the Hop Grenade. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. MoreBeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. MoreBeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to MoreBeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to MoreBeer.com today and take advantage of The Buzz, The Forum, The Learning Center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! Do you like beer? They make beer. Watch out! Do you like friends and fun? They make friends and fun. Watch out! Do you still like to have a good time? The 21st Amendment. Watch out! The 21st Amendment in San Francisco, located at 563 2nd Street, two blocks from the building where baseball is seen and played. Try their beers in the pub or try them in the can. Featuring... Monk's Blood. Made with real monk. Watch out! So why not have the best time of your life? Go to the 21A and Sean O'Sullivan will personally greet you with a can of... Monk's Blood. The 21st Amendment. Watch out! This advertisement is not in any way affiliated nor associated with the 21st Amendment Bar and Pub, nor its subsidiaries or affiliates. This telecast is not copywritten by the 21st Amendment for the private use of the Brewing Network. Any use of this telecast without Jamil Zanishev's consent is prohibited. Suck it, JP. Oh, relax. 
Are you a member of the American Homebrewers Association? Well, you should be. Members of the AHA can focus on brewing beer, and the AHA takes care of the rest. The American Homebrewers Association advocates on behalf of homebrewers like you to legalize the hobby in all 50 states and make sure that beer laws make sense. Plus, there are many great benefits that come with your AHA membership, like pub discounts that give you awesome deals at bars, restaurants, breweries, and more. Zymergy Magazine and eZymergy. For tons of articles, how-tos, easy-to-follow recipes, and news about the hobby you love. And access to the members-only content on homebrewersassociation.org. But the AHA can't do it without your support. Join today so the American Homebrewers Association can keep fighting for your homebrewing rights. Visit homebrewersassociation.org or join right now from the homepage of the Brewing Network website. Relax. Don't worry. It's the American Homebrewers Association. Hi, I'm Jamel Zanishef, and in addition to my work on the Brewing Network, I write the style profile column in every issue of Brew Your Own magazine. Hi, I'm Sean Paxton, and when I'm not prepping for the home-brewed chef on the Brewing Network, you can find me writing articles on how to cook with your homebrew for Brew Your Own magazine. Greetings, cretins. This is John Palmer, and when I'm not writing for Brew Your Own, I'm reading it. John Palmer, Sean Paxton, Jamil Zanishev. If you love listening to them on the Brewing Network, you'll love reading their articles, tips, and recipes in the pages of Brew Your Own magazine. Join Jamil, John, and Sean eight times a year in Brew Your Own. And when you subscribe to BYO on the Brewing Network website, half of your subscription price goes right back to the BN to support great beer and food programming. So sign up for Brew Your Own magazine through the BN website today so you can listen and read your way to better homebrew. Hi, I'm Jason Harris, the proud owner here at Keystone Homebrew Supply. We're thrilled to be entering our 20th year of supplying this great industry. And to show you, the Brewing Network Army, how much we appreciate your support, we're offering you 10% off your first order on our website, keystonehomebrew.com. Just use coupon code BNARMY at checkout, and I'll get your order out the same day. My goal at Keystone Homebrew Supply has always been to have a complete supply of everything a brewer could want. When you place your order online or when you come into our store, it's our goal to have everything on your list and more. One aspect of KeystoneHomebrew.com that we're really excited about is the ability to fulfill customers' exact grain bills. Do you hate to wait? Keystone Homebrew Supply can get your precious yeast and hops to you within just one day if you live between Connecticut and Virginia and within two days east of the Mississippi. KeystoneHomebrew.com I'm Jason Harris and I approve this message. Welcome back to the program. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. We're live here from the Hop Grenade. You can call us at 888-401-BEER if you want to ask questions. Susie Q's over there taking your phone calls. Or you can hit the Chat Now button on the homepage, and that's how you can do it, too. We're about to talk to two gentlemen who have started doing some collaboration beers between the U.S. of A. and Belgium. And uh, I think I'm having one of the collaboration beers now, the Belgian Triple that we have on tap. What's this beer called, Mike? Uh, the 
Belial. 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 My pronunciation. Did you brew this one here or in Belgium? This one was brewed here in San Ramon. Okay. Now, if I have this right, you guys will brew the same beer once in Belgium and then come here and brew it again, or are they always different? Yeah, we'll brew it both places. Okay, so one beer, both places, basically. Okay, cool. So we brewed, at first I went to Belgium, and we brewed the original Sin, Erosonde. Okay. And then we decided to brew a separate beer here, and so we'll kind of stagger them as we go so how does this how did you guys meet how did this happen between, yeah really between the two of you so we we have a passport series if you're familiar with it but it's basically a series of beers that we try to to replicate classic styles throughout the world okay it's the passport so we do four a year and we did one named albike which was a belgian golden strong kind of an homage to it and uh we sent out a tweet for our launch, and it got picked up by a newspaper person. Okay. Um, now, when you say we, we're talking about just Shoe Bros. Bros. Okay. Just Shoe Bros. Okay. So, Kuhn isn't in the picture yet. Okay. So, it got picked up by the newspaper in, uh, in Korczak, and uh, Ian, one of my business partners, he picked up, reached out to it, reached out to the mayor of San Ramon, who reached out to the mayor of Korczak. Oh, wow. And I believe that's how... He ended up scheduling a trip out to Belgium to try to, to meet the mayor. and The mayor know, did. The mayor. The said, mayor's cashing in on your idea. No, 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 sorry. So Ian from the brewery set up to meet the mayor I see. Okay. of Belgium. Got it. And to you know meet some brewers, and I think he reached out to Kuhn at that point. Okay. And so that's where Kuhn falls into the story. Okay. Yeah, well, apparently I have an importer here. Uh, in uh, San Francisco, who imports my seven sins? Ah, and apparently Ian tasted one of my seven sin beers, uh, Gula, the gluttony okay. version. Yeah, and um, he liked it, and he just sent me an email like, "I'm going to Kortrijk, the village where I will present my Albika, which is a small village into the big town." Okay, <clears throat> and I said, "Well, uh, let's meet." I picked him up at the airport. We hang out some days, and some we had some beers, of course, and we talked about let's make the Albika in Belgium, and I can maybe make some beer. In San Ramon, and then we talked about well, maybe we make a collateral beer. Some weeks later, Mike was shipped or came over. <laughs> right. Yeah, was exported. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I had about a week's notice to buy a ticket. Oh, is that yeah. right? Like, oh, so you're going to Belgium for your birthday. Nice. Yep. So okay. nice. Mike came over. He made the Albike um, in Kortrijk. Okay. And during that brew day, we discussed the new recipe to be made, and then we decided to call it Original Sin. Made in Belgium, and then I decided to come and combine that with the Burning Man trip. Oh, yeah. Which I got a last-minute ticket from a friend. Were you uh, planning on doing the Burning Man anyway, or are you just thought, well, well I, now... I, I couldn't get a ticket like, like most people, yeah. but since I had been there four times, it was not that essential to come. Okay. But uh, at the end, I got, like, uh, on a very special way, a ticket to get in, so but maybe we can get to that later. You jumped the fence, didn't you? No, 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 uh, no, 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 my, my friends, they, they um, were the company who built the souk around the man, the tents. Oh, okay. So that was Belgian made, and uh, I was there actually to put up the tents for some days, so we oh, did, so cool. I did some work uh, on the man. Well, not on the tent. man, but next to the man. Nice. Yeah. So um, I was here also, well, we, we want to make like the original sin here in, uh, in San Ramon with the same ingredients. Uh, but it will called it will be called Erfzonde and not original sin. And but yeah, in Belgium it's called original sin Erfzonde. Here it will be called Erfzonde original sin. Okay. 
because water is different and brewing installation and so on. So Got it. Okay. So this is a great idea. For one, you guys get to share ideas and, and breweries, but obviously... I mean, it's a bonus that you get to travel with this whole deal, right? You get to go learn about each other. Yeah, Mike, didn't, and Mike didn't seem so so thrilled about it. <laughs> it's great. I just hate the flight. The flight's yeah. kind of a drag. The whole cattle car. Yeah. You know, you're a tall guy like yeah. me. Yeah. It's pretty miserable sitting on an airplane seat. Yeah. It is. That's yeah. why being hours. little. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. is. I guess because, yeah, guys like Doc and I, who are of average height, average. thank you, <laughs> don't have the issue. Like, uh, for me, a long flight, like, uh, you got to do 11 hours. It's not fun. But yeah. it's like you know, I can move around in that seat. I can stretch. I can move back. You know. Well, I was so lucky. I got an exit uh, next to the emergency exit, so <laughs> nice. I, I, I could dance. Yeah, <laughs> I got that well, on the way out too. The, the thing is, you don't speak English so well, and you got my life in your hands when that plane goes down. You better <laughs> read that goddamn pamphlet. No, he's too tired out from dancing. <laughs> Listen, everybody's dead if you need that emergency exit. Tell has the has the in the history of flight has the emergency exit ever done anybody? Yeah. Any good? Yes, it did. When they went in the Hudson River. Okay, the one—that's oh, yeah. that, true. When Sully piloted it to a yes, landing. Yeah. Okay, one time. I stand corrected. Yeah, uh, I got the I got the exit row on the way out this time. You need better drugs, Mike. That's no you better. Got, right. I, I just drink a lot and then take a sleeping pill that, or whatever. That's yeah, what see, I'm getting at, right? The, like it's so worth it because of what you get to experience. And there's 11 hours. It sucks, but it's like it's over so quick. And yeah. then you're in Belgium. Yeah, oh, I didn't say you, it wasn't you, worth it. Okay, it sucks. Just making sure. Okay. <laughs> what are you six two, six three? Yeah, yeah. I'm tall guy. Same as me. You just buy a tax free bottle of gin and you ordered all the There you go. That's right. But I almost. Missed my flight in Copenhagen because I fell asleep. Uh, mm-hmm. ah. I will fly to Amsterdam, so it's twelve hours, and I can fall asleep in Amsterdam. <laughs> I, it would be a. F- I'll tell you what. It would be a funny podcast just to get brewers together and talk about their travel tips and how they deal with the flight. Because I bet that everyone's got like a, a recipe, right? Like, oh, I have three duvels and a sleeping pill. <laughs> you know? oh, yeah. Like everyone's yeah, got their, their cocktail to get them through the flight. Yeah, and whether they have to like stop in like St. Louis or New York, <laughs> yeah. and that's, that's when they hit that third duvel. That's right. You got to time it right. Anyway, so uh, once you get there, it's great, though. You get to brew together. It's a whole new... Uh, had you been to Belgium before, Mike? Yeah, I'd been to Belgium 2005. Okay. And just kind of tour around, putz around, visit okay. some breweries. Now, let's talk about it, ingredients for the beer, right? Because you had already made this beer here. It gets the write-up. Now you go to Belgium to brew it. Can you get the same ingredients? We've noticed there's a pretty big discrepancy in you know what you get and what you can get. I was... My biggest surprise was the limited ingredients that I could get in Belgium. You know, you think Belgium, oh, beer, they got to have just an abundance of yeah. ingredients. Not so much. I, I you mean by them. the variety is what they don't The have. variety, they don't have the brands. They don't have, I mean, they have some, you know, you can get Dingamans and Castle. Okay. Apart from that. For malt. For malt. Yeah. And other than that, it's. That's what you got. Weyermann. Okay. Weyermann, yes. Weyermann, too. All right. But, yeah, we had originally. Talked about brewing 680 there, and it just there was no way that we could get what we needed. That's your IPA. That's our so. that's our flagship IPA. Okay, all right. So, so you have to make some adjustments to the recipe then. Yeah. Okay. So we ended up not brewing the 680, but we brewed the Albeque. Okay. Using, you know, I guess more traditional Belgian ingredients, trying to authenticate the the real Belgian flavor. Okay. So 
So it's a bit of a curveball, but to me that also sounds like fun because now you yeah. get to use new and authentic Belgian ingredients. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And so you, know, you get to pick Coon's brain a little bit, and yeah, and so like, <laughs> hey, what do you think of this? And substitute this. Right. So it, it's a good learning experience. It's, it's obviously every brewer wants to go to Belgium and yeah. brew in a Belgian brewery. Of course. So yeah, uh, bucket list right there. Yeah. What about hops? Hops, same thing. Okay. Um, I was surprised by some of the hops they have. But, again, they don't have, I guess, the craft beer where they're not doing these big hop bombs. Okay. So it's not, you know, the big hoppy beers aren't as popular there yet. They're getting there. Yeah. So hops are a little bit more scarce. Most of them are a whole leaf. Um, We were, for the uh, original Sin in Belgium, we managed to get some Simcoe and some uh, Citra. Okay. I did bring some hops with me. Nice. Just in the in the suitcase. In the suitcase, yeah. You know, it's not refrigerated for a day, but that's as soon right. as I get there, throw them in. Yeah, okay. That's not illegal, right? You can bring hops over. I I'm pretty sh- sure it's fine. I certainly hope so. As I put a note on there that said hops. Right? <laughs> These are hops. Yeah, because you're worried about the drug sniffing dog. Yeah, exactly. You, yeah. you brought pies. <laughs> I brought the whole flowers, which is even yeah. weird looking. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. it looks like little buds, right? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I'm told. Yeah. Yes. Well, you can. You can Hide your pot in the middle of your hop. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's true. That's I a put a idea. big note on mine that said, "These are hops. If you open them, please seal them tightly." Yeah. Call me if you have questions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when I came back uh, here, and we're standing at, you know, we had already gone through customs, and we're standing at the baggage claim, and they had their little fucking beagle going around smelling all our bags. Oh, yeah. And I had a bunch of sausage in my bag, oh. uh, which is the thing. They'll take that away. The 90-minute plate? Yeah. <laughs> I had the whole plate <laughs> in my pocket stuff, didn't you? Luckily, the beagle apparently was only looking for drugs, because it did not care about my sausages. Yeah, it's, it's not the big German shepherd dog. No, it's, no. It's, it's this cute little beagle yeah. or a little schnauzer or That's something. That's what like, they are now. Hi. Yeah. Really, with the big floppy ears? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the little they, squat? They're, they're the ones that can jump up on top of really? all, all the luggage? Yep. Oh, yeah. Little it, beagle. It's not the not your big German Shepherd dog by any means. It's that, oh, look at the kid dog. Oh, why is that my no. luggage? It's a sweet little dog now with <laughs> its yeah. nose in your bag. Isn't it amazing how well they have those things trained? They don't. They, they, they go right by the sausage? Yeah. Uh, how contrary that must be to the dog's brain? <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought, <laughs> it's amazing. Too. I was now, like, whether he's looking for it or not, he is going to find my sausage. Well, right. It's probably, that's not a bomb dog, and he probably went right past the bomb, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's absolutely right. Anyway, all right. Now, do you use uh, American hops, Kuhn, uh, in your Belgian beers? For my seven sins lines, never. You don't? No. no okay. No. Because and I stick to the Belgian style, okay. quadruple style. So what are some common Belgian hops that you use? Um, can I tell? <laughs> ah, can you? <laughs> well, it's up to you. Uh, well, we use some Northern Brewers, some uh, Goldings, um, some other stuff. Okay. Yeah. Now, do you age them? Now, why why, like, like, why is it secretive? Because they're hard. You don't want other people to buy them all up, or be, or be they're, they're no. not Belgian hops. Uh, yes, they are all Belgian hops. That's because our. You're, you're saying they're grown in Belgian, or I, can, I consider well, those to be more like uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, well, they're not. We, we, European we, we use uh, we need a, all the big breweries need more hops than we can produce. Okay, but what we use are 100% Belgian hops for our beers. That's why we get the label Belgian hops on it. Okay, Belgian, yeah. so they're grown in Belgium. Yes, they're- yes, you have two spaces like it's Popperinge and Alst, but all our hops are coming from Popperinge. So do you okay. age them? Do you use them? No, like we do, like pretty fresh, or do you? 
No, we don't. We don't age them on purpose. And okay, they are aged actually to make like the the sour stuff, like yeah. huze beers and and yeah. that because they don't want the bitterness in it. Um, but we will not age it now. Okay. And are they pelletized? Um, we get flowers and we get pellets as well. Each. Yeah. The we used sapphire for uh, a lot of it for for our original sin. Okay. Uh, and that were pellets. Uh, no, that were flowers, which was a bit hard because uh, we need them in the dry hopping process. But oh. it was very hard to take them out again, and, uh, and, and it was and an adventure. A lot. They soak up a lot. Yeah, and they take a lot of space in your luggage. And since I brought like, <laughs> like four kilo of it, uh, oh yeah, it was like yeah. Half so of you my brought luggage. a t-shirt and uh, some shorts yeah. and then four kilos of yeah, flower and, hops and, and one tutu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what you need a tutu. Yeah. It's burning for man. the playa. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> have, have, have they always grown hops in Belgium, or is that a new yes. thing? They yeah, always yeah, have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are there are there a wide variety of temperature zones in Belgium? No. No, it's just no. Oh, no. So, well, what is if, it like? If you would see Belgium, it it fits probably ten times in California. Yeah, yep. It's it's two hundred miles sm- like this and two hundred like that. So, so, what is the temperature like then? It's conducive to hop growing, I guess. Uh, yeah, it must be. Yeah, we have like average summers, normally uh, freezing winters, but uh, that last winter was really warm, and I know now that the, for this hop year they had like Hegel. Hail um, during the flowering process, and uh, maybe fifty percent will be damaged and oh, lost. I bet. Yeah, so wow. it's, it's a big problem. Hmm. But um, it's really expensive to build a new hop field, and uh, a lot of farmers are just quitting. So maybe in twenty, thirty years, it will be finished with it. Wow. Yeah, unfortunately, just quitting. You say the farmers. No, no. If oh. they if they are too old and they fall dead in their yeah, yeah, retiring, okay. yeah, retiring. And, or dying. No, yeah. I th- I don't think a farmer retires. I think he stays until his field dies. Yeah. until he yeah. dies. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and actually. if there's nobody to take your place, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. All right, let's learn about this beer right here. Tell us about the the beer in our in our glass, if you oh. would. <clears throat> so this is the American collaboration that Kuhn and I brewed, and it's a a triple. So we used. Uh, we tried to use a pretty close to a traditional triple recipe okay. in Belgium. And then we did a, a, a nice little dry hop on the end to add a nice American characteristic to it. Did you change your yeast from what you might normally use with Kuhn coming over? Absolutely, yeah. You did? So we did use a, a Belgian strain. Okay. It. Excellent. So it, it's a... It, has that nice ester profile to it. Yeah. Which it does. And, and speaking of esters, for me, this is like, since it has so much alcohol, it lends more to a quadruple than, than, than a, a triple, actually. This oh, reminds yeah. me a lot about La Trope and stuff like that. The quadruple trope. In the f- Now, when you say that, do you mean the, the flavor or literally just how much alcohol is in it? The flavor. The, it also the, tastes yeah, like yeah, a yeah, quad. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. To me, it's, it's like a pirate. It's it's got ten and a half percent alcoholish, and it's it, the color is the same. Mm. Uh, it's got about the same bitterness. Mm-hmm. Is that a compliment? Yes, it is. Good question. It was the first Belgian beer I ever cloned. Was that? Oh, okay. And nice. Yeah, it's. it's I like the esters really in this nice. beer. Yeah. I think you chose a good yeast. Do yeah. is there an equivalent yeast strain that that we know about as as homebrewers? Maybe what or? was the strain? Did we do we hear that? No, no. He, he looked at me funny. Like <laughs> I'm not going to tell you. Oh, really? Uh, oh, it's I, another secret. No, it's a please a T58. It's a dry yeast drink. Okay, got it. I like this beer. Yeah, oh, Coon likes secrets. Dude, not a fan of well, the info. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, sh- 
I share info with the guys I'm brewing with, but and all the rest doesn't have to be. And then I open my mouth. <laughs> well, and right. God damn it. We look at it this way that, yeah, you can give us the secrets. We're not going to be able to do the same I thing. Know, I know, I know. It's, yeah. it's, you're worried about the guys over there in Belgium, aren't you? Yeah, no, I don't care. You don't care either Then way. tell us the yeah. secrets. <laughs> <laughs> They're not secrets. No. They're not secrets. I just don't want to tell it's you. It's just entrained knowledge. But we're going to transcribe <laughs> this entire show in Flemish, just so you know. We do right. it in, in uh, 40 different languages. So, <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah. good luck with the Flemish because we have like a lot of different varieties of Flemish. Oh, we know them I all. Know. Yeah. So we have, we, <laughs> of course. No. As if French isn't hard enough, then the Flemish comes in. Oh. So we have a new game. <laughs> what the Flemish guys say. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. It's a game that never ends. <laughs> yeah. I like this triple a lot. Thank you. I think it's a nice yeah. beer. It finishes nice and dry. Um, I'm not usually a big fan of esters, actually. That's what, that's what will turn me away from a Belgian beer. But in this one, I think it comes out really nicely. Yeah, and wanted the esters there to help balance some of the alcohol. Because okay. there, is, there is a boozy character to it. Okay, which, yeah. Which we incorporated in there on purpose to lend it a little bit of that, that triple style. Oh, I, thank I you wanted for that. a little of that, that alcohol heat. Not overpowering, but it's there. Okay, and then the esters not balance body. out the. Uh, why do you say? Why do you say that, Doc? Thanks. Thank you. The, the boozy I, part. I love that part. You it's, do. He's pushing the part where it's alcoholic, but they hide it. Okay, they hide it really well. Yeah, it's, it's not hiding it between a whole bunch of hot bitterness or a bunch of sweetness. It's just. A really well-made beer. It's blended in it's with the blend, yeast. It's just, it just all blends really well together. The the, the alcohol sweetness goes along well with the, the the Belgian character. Okay, and you don't know how oh. how how boozy this beer is, and it's good thing why I it's really my bike. well. It's, it's <laughs> why it's really well made. If you make it just this booze bomb. Everybody can tell. Yeah. yeah. And then it's, and who wants to drink that anyway? You might as well drink liquor. Then. Yeah, well, yeah, you'll find people that want to drink it, but they won't appreciate it. This thing is... It's nice. This thing is well-rounded, and it's boozy, but you know, unless you know, you can hide, you hide it really well. Do you Thank think you. The, do you think the sweet, boozy part would be more accentuated if it weren't for the dry hop? Is that quelling it a little bit? Um, well, yeah. You've you got to you know, kind of back bitter it a little bit with, with uh, the hops that you got in there. Uh, but it's the the Belgian strain that you have in there. That's going to give it this kind of back sweetness, which rides with the with the ethanol sweetness. Okay. So it's like, oh, we're supposed to taste like that. Now, and that's the, one of the things we we were trying to do was, okay, how are we going to layer these flavors? We knew mm-hmm. we were going to dry hop it, right? And we didn't want a one dimensional beer, so we knew, you know, a little bit of the, the the malt sweetness in there, the alcohol, a little bit of the burn. Yeah. But still, you have the hop aroma, the there's, ester profile. There's three kinds of sweetness in this thing, and that's what helps hide it. Okay. You're to get it from the from the, the yeast, you're going to get it from the malt, and you're going to get it from the alcohol. And that's the layer, and that's why you can't tell that I'm going to get drunk. Yeah. yeah. But now, the, <laughs> the dry hop part, that's not a traditional thing to do to a, a Belgian triple, is it? No. No. So what was the point there? Just to lend our own kind of West Coast perspective on it. Okay. You know, it, was, it is a collaboration beer. I didn't want to do a Belgian beer in America. Okay, yeah. I wanted to actually be a collaboration. Mm-hmm. Now, give me, a, give me something to work with, like a comparison. So, a dry hop you might put in your IPA. 
What, what's the quantity of dry hop in this one compared to that? Are we talking half that? About half. Okay. Because you got to go a little less. You got to go a little bit less, but then you also have to take into account that there's a lot going on in this beer. Mm-hmm. And so you need it to stand out enough that it supports the malt, the mm-hmm. alcohol, everything else. You also want to taste it, otherwise why yeah. do it? Exactly. Right? Just, okay. yeah, but just, just enough to... You need enough to be there, but you don't want it to be overpowering any of the components. What kind of hop was the dry hop? It was a Santium. Oh, yeah. Nathan Smith, our own Nathan Smith, has taught us about that a little bit. Yeah, it's a nice little uh, hop. Yeah, okay. Did, and, you, did you compensate on the front? You know, you said it was a traditional Belgian triple recipe, so you didn't compensate on the front end knowing you were going to dry hop? What do you mean? Well, well, like, you know, make it maybe sweeter than you would have, like more malt, because you know there's going to be hops at the end. Oh, yeah. Like, would you build the hop, uh, the malt backbone because you're going to add hops to it? No, I think we, we kind of took that. Yeah, it took us a long time to discuss how we wanted it. So it, we, we, we talked about it a lot. So Yeah, the French bit, people the like to talk a lot. The Belgians <laughs> talk a lot. You have to, I'm sorry. Go well, ahead. it was nice because when we were in Belgium, Kuhn had some West Flattering. So yeah. it was like, okay, let's talk some more. Yeah, <laughs> Bring, Keep them coming and we'll, we'll talk some more. <laughs> well, I make fun of you, but I'm actually interested in that part. Because when two brewers come together, you've got to figure out what the hell you want to do, right? Yeah, but... It it went automatically. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. You yeah. guys picked a good style. If you wanted to, you know, hop it at the end, uh, triple is usually more bitter, mm-hmm. more bitter than I like, and usually I get knocked down because I don't want to bitter it enough. Mm. And you've got that Belgian style. It's well with it, well within the whole ramifications of a, of a triple of a triple. It really is. So you had some leeway there. So how did really the discussions good. go? Tell me about that. You sit down. You got to talk a lot about this beer. You just what what parts do you really have to focus on? Well, you, we just brainstorm what will be used, this or that, what yeast, and we yeah it's, discuss the possibilities. And then at the end, there is something on that white paper. Then yeah, which is probably a napkin. At <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got to actually okay take a picture of it, and then <laughs> yeah, right. when we sober up, we'll go back and we'll try and figure out what we wrote. Yeah. And one of you goes, man, you were drunk. That's a stupid idea. This is horrible. Yeah. What were we thinking? Was that a two or a five? <laughs> Let's make it a five. <laughs> right. Is there worry when you, when you, okay, now it's brew day, all right? You've, you've, you've planned, you have your recipe. And for you, let's, let's talk about Belgium, for example. So it's not your system. You yeah. got you, Obviously, you trust in Kuhn. But is there worry that you're going, you know, I, I wouldn't have put that much malt in on my system. Or I wouldn't have, you see what I'm getting at? It's yeah. different, right? There's, there's definitely a little bit of apprehension okay. going onto another system that it's, their process is different the way they approach different. And that's why we wanted to do the collaboration is to learn, okay, what are the Belgians doing? Yeah. How are they doing? What, what are their techniques? Yeah. You know, it's very much espionage, if you will. Sure. It's a, they know Except it, it's allowed. Yeah, it's allowed. Granted, and, that yeah. Granted. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's what you're there to do. Yeah. But okay. it's, it's, so it's, it's, it's really about learning and it's understanding and taking my knowledge and trying to convert it to Flemish. Yeah. And, try to, to speak to Kuhn, like, why are you doing that? That's, yeah. That's, I don't want to do it that way. Well, that was my next question. Is there, and I'd like an example if you have one, but is, yeah, is there a point in the process where you go, what the fuck are you doing that for? Or how about, how about, <laughs> no. All the time, actually. Yeah, no. Is, can, is, do you have any examples off the top of your head about that where how, you go, how, how about, uh, no, I'm not doing cutting, it that way. No the, way. Yeah. I, washing, I think yeah. one was when we were allowing. 
they like to spin the rakes the whole time they're loudering. And <laughs> my brew house, I don't need to spin the rakes when I louder. I'm like, let's let's try an experiment. All right, let's try not spinning the rakes. Yeah. Let's see what happens. Until we need to. If we get stuck, we'll spin the rakes. Okay. So that was one. Okay. And Kuhn, when he says that, are you thinking, why would I do that? I, I think to myself, if he turns around, I just do one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which I think he probably did. It's going to hit the button. <laughs> I just yeah. flip that switch in the movie. Yeah. Like hey, it. Michael, why don't you go get us a baguette or something? <laughs> there, uh, there is just flittering over there. Give me yeah, a, yeah. Bring us a bottle. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what is the reasoning there? That seems like a big deal. Like, wh- why, why didn't you want to spin them other than that you were used to doing that? At least on my brew house, I find that I get a good extraction. And then if I spin the rags, I need to loosen the bed. And it tends to disturb it, so I need to, to re-vorloff. So I was like, okay, well, I don't need to do it. Yeah. I trust them on their system, but yeah. let's, let's try it. And you know, that my idea is, okay, you're cutting the bed. You're creating a channel for the, you know, the water to flow through. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get as good of extraction. Okay. And so that was kind of, it was a discussion about extraction and efficiency. Now, the interesting thing to me about that is that's a, efficiency and extraction is, is such an important thing to your numbers. So now you're, you've calculated the recipe the way this man uses his system. And now you're telling him to use it a different way right in the middle of the process, right? Did the numbers come out different because of it? Or did you get the same extraction anyway? It was a good extraction. It was, <laughs> <laughs> it was still good. So have you changed your well, method then? No. At the, no. No. The no the okay. Well, when, you're, are, when you're in your kitchen, you're fine. When you're yeah. in your kitchen, yeah. it's a whole different thing. Yeah. Everyone's stove's different. But yep. You see what I'm getting at, Tasty, right? Like, that's a big thing to change, I It think. is. Yeah. What about the, the runoff clarity? Didn't that affect that? By running the rakes? In Belgium... No problem with clarity. well, they're looking for even running the rakes. beers that are ultimately aren't going to be clear, right? Well, they, they the do beers? come out fairly clear. Hmm. Okay, um, yeah. most so the runoff was clear. You still because you were just doing the top level of the grain bed in terms of the rakes. They were f- fairly decent yeah. cuts. Yeah, but, but you you don't cut fast. You cut very slowly. If you so would it's be a like, really Pow! slow movement. Yeah. Okay, I see. Yeah. And that's just how you've always done it, Kun. Yeah, on that installation, yes. Yeah, but in San Ramon, it's different. <laughs> no, no rakes, no, no rakes, baby. <laughs> but this stuff's really interesting to me. And I now to the outside world that seems like a tiny thing. But if I'm thinking like a brewer, it's a big deal. I like to hear this yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's it's one of those things you got to make your day interesting. I mean, brewing it's, it's still interesting, but it's like yeah. I want to challenge you on yours. Sure. No, that's a good point too. Otherwise, you're kind of standing there for half the day. <laughs> well, you <laughs> no. still. You're just brewing, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, exactly. If you don't have something to discuss, then... Yeah. yeah. Huh. And so it's a nice intellectual debate as Okay, well. yeah. So. See, that's cool. And then you both get to learn stuff. Now, mm-hmm. uh, Now you've also brewed here, obviously, now, yeah. Kuhn. Uh, uh, how many brews have you done here in Santa Ron? Well, we did the, the, the Belay, so this one. This one, yeah. And then we have another project which is going on, which we'll call uh, for this time the 4562, because that are like the coordinates of the world... We did like an average of uh, San Ramon Kortrijk. Okay. And we came out in um, Costa Nova Scotia. So that is like a bit the project name. We still have to look which uh, lake is uh, closest to that uh, location. Yeah. Um, and that will, it's not ready yet. So we cannot really go into details on how that Not tastes. much to say yeah. about it. Okay. More secrets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I will be back in December um, to. Then we will have all the ingredients uh, to make Ervezonde, 
because now it is not possible yet to make it here. Oh. Uh, and uh, because I we can't get all the Belgian ingredients we need. Well, I, I brought some, but that was not enough. So I have to ship stuff and see. Uh, we ordered malt from the same company, but it was different because I use it all the time in Belgium. And when I saw the bags, I opened them. It was like, come on, this is not the same. Yeah. Although it says it's the same, so that is. Uh, that is very strange to me. That is strange. Yeah. It is. So I will make now on Wednesday um, one beer of my recipe, like uh, uh, Mike made his Albike. I will make a chocolate stout with some other stuff, vanilla, maybe coconut in it. It will be barrel-aged nice. for some months. And then uh, I will be back in mid of uh, December to release it, and then we will make the original, or the Ervizonde, actually. Okay. Yeah. Now, yeah. do the beers that you make in each country make it to the other country? Will you send the beers that you make here back? Well, since we had the original sin um, just ready for a beer festival uh, in uh, Zwevegem, and um, it was really good uh, criticized there, so they loved it, and it was actually sold in, within two days afterwards. Wow. So there was nothing left to ship here. <laughs> uh, it would be very interesting to have, like, a box with the... Original sin, the Erfsonde, and a, a glass which we developed for it. Oh, yeah. Um, but that will be hard since it is uh, dry hopped, and dry hopped beers sending over the ocean is not what you, it, yeah. they, they lose no. a lot of their character. So, sure. Okay. Yeah. It still kind of amazes <laughs> me that it's so easy to travel around. It's so difficult to get beer Honestly. in different places. Yeah. But it's so heavy. Yeah. It's still got to go on a boat. It's yeah. still exactly, and that's kind of what I mean. And it's still so expensive. And yes, the slow boat, which is why the dry hop yeah. beers will not hold up. And uh, the airplane, I don't know. It's it's with pressure. I don't I don't know how beers are, sh- are there in an airplane if they keep their quality. Okay. Well, yeah. and the, the weight factor probably makes it not cost efficient anyway. Like, yeah, how but, much can but, you really fly out on an airplane? Yeah. yeah but like you said, the Cantillon. It's it's very expensive as well, so why couldn't this be very expensive? Yeah. Well, that's true. I don't know. I just think that it kind of boggles my mind that it's still so expensive and difficult to move things around. Yeah. Why it, hasn't Elon Musk invented the teleporter right. already? He's, I mean, for God's sake. He's probably working on it. Probably. It, it bodes well for drink local, right? <laughs> just short. Well, yeah. <laughs> And, of course, I love that part, too. But as the world gets smaller, so to speak, and we make friends, uh, and you, you kind of want to be able to go, well, I'd love to get you our, new, our latest beer. Yeah. And it's such a difficult thing. Because with do. the yeah. Internet, everything feels like a one-world order, except goods, right? <laughs> yeah. Especially heavy goods like beer. It's just still yeah. where we are. Well, it's a living product, so yeah. it doesn't right. stay the same. Yeah. Which, I guess, is the thing we love about it as well. Mm. Uh, it just makes it sort of difficult. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's fun to hear, uh, and you're traveling back and forth a lot, it sounds like, if you're coming back three times for this beer, something like that. You're you're here to brew it. I guess you did Burning Man 2. Then you're going to come back to release it, right? Yeah, another one. So I will be back in December. Back in December. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, good for you. He's an average-sized individual. He doesn't mind flying. You don't have like a job at home where you got to be at. You have to, you, you know, you got to show up and yeah, brew I, some beer. Yeah, I, I do the seven sin stuff, and yeah. then also the the thing at Casa Motten and Ypres. So, it, I am busy. Yeah, I guess so. But you're still coming out here, spending some time. When I first got to Paris, it was the, it was still summer vacation. It was like the end of it. Wow. Uh, and you'd go to certain restaurants or shops. You know, when we go on vacation here, 
Somebody still works, right? Yeah. You go there, you go to the shop, there's a sign on the door that says, I'll be back in a month. <laughs> <laughs> We're on vacation. I'll be back in a month. And this is normal. And everybody goes, oh, well, they're on vacation. And all I could think was, how the hell could you do that? Like, we would go out of business if we closed for a month. Uh, most businesses here, right? If you go on vacation, somebody's at the brewery, right, Mike? Yeah. There's no, like, sign on the brewery door or, like, a message on your answering machine when your accounts call, and they say, I'm in Belgium for two weeks. I'll call you when I get back. Good luck with that. <laughs> they have to get through to somebody. But in but the, but the French, yeah. Yeah. they don't give a shit. Coons over here for three weeks. Come on. Yeah, but it, it took a lot of planning. <laughs> what did your sign say? Yeah, no, I'm sure. All the tanks were full and stuff like that. What did that, your so. sign on the door say? <laughs> Fuck off. Fuck off, I'm gone. <laughs> I'm, I'm in Concord. Gone to Burning I, Man. I took my door with me. Right, <laughs> <laughs> right. No, I'm sure it did take a lot of... And I think that for different businesses, it's different. I don't, I don't mean to generalize. I did just find it interesting, though, that... Uh, and when I would talk to people about that, like, the, uh, that we can't do that, they just say, well, we just have a different view of your personal time. And no one cares. They're not going to hold it against your business if you're not there for two weeks. They think it's a normal thing for you to go do. Live your life for two weeks. Come back and make food when you get back, or whatever it is. Yeah. I After brewing with Kuhn, he goes, drop me off. I'm like, is there anywhere I can get food? And he's like, ah, it's 8.30. Good luck. Yeah. There might be a bar where you can get some frites. <laughs> you're right. No, yeah. I, go, I haven't eaten anything in a day and a half. <laughs> really, Kuhn? That's what the beer's for. You're going to be fine. You got any relatives around here that I could like have them make me some sausages? Yeah. They're on vacation. You, you, had, like, you had like three West Vitans. That's enough food. Yeah, that'll fill you up, won't it? That's all yeah. you need. All right, let's do this. Uh, I need to take a quick break. And we need to get some more beer in our glasses yeah. and talk some more uh, about the collaboration with these guys. So uh, hang in there. It's the session. Uh, we're live from the Hop Grenade. You can still come out and try the beer that's on tap. This triple is fantastic. I highly recommend it. Uh, we'll be back in just a couple minutes. Hang in there. You're listening to the Brewcasters, the Brewcasters. on the Brewing Network. Yep. You know what I love about Brewmaster's Warehouse? The $6.99 shipping. Well, yeah, but... Oh, the in-store classes for beginning brewers. Yeah, that's cool, but... Oh, oh, the brew builder. Creating and saving your recipes online is awesome. No, I mean, yes, but the cheese-making supplies. No. Oh, the wine-making supplies. Oh, the distilling equipment and liquor flavorings. All that stuff is awesome, yes, but what I really love is that the guy who runs it is totally hot. And, and that brew builder software is awesome. Oh, yeah. Brewmaster's Warehouse brings you flat rate shipping on great equipment and ingredients to make beer, wine, cheese, and spirits at brewmasterswarehouse.com. And if you're in Georgia, stop by Brewmaster's Warehouse Monday through Saturday from 10 to 6. Visit brewmasterswarehouse.com today because it's totally hot. Oh, yeah. 
Have you ever dreamed of attending the World Brewing Academy? This year, thanks to Lalamond and Anstar, one lucky brewer will make that dream a reality for free. Lalamond and Danstar invite you to enter the Beer School 2015 contest. One lucky grand prize winner will receive fully paid tuition to the 2015 World Brewing Academy web-based concise course in brewing technology worth almost $4,000. From now until December 13, 2014, every Danstar yeast packet you use is your ticket to enter. Visit DanstarYeast.com for the details and to print your official entry form. There's no limit on the number of times you can enter, so get brewing with Danstar and get your entries in to the Danstar 2015 Beer School Contest. Whether you want to build your home brewing skills or build a career as a professional brewer, this course will change the way you think of beer and brewing. Enter at DanstarYeast.com and get the dry yeast advantage with Danstar and Lalamond Premium Brewing Yeast and enter to win. As a brewer, you already don't settle for second best. You want great tasting beer and you want great equipment to make it with. So don't settle for the second best grain mill. You want a monster mill from Monster Brewing Hardware. Monster mills are tough, come in two and three roller designs, and are made right here in the USA from superior materials for longer lasting performance. Pick the mill that's right for you at monsterbrewinghardware.com and take Bevo's advice. Trust me, it's always better to have a bigger tool than you think you need. (laughs) Monster Mills have the best warranty in the business. Your satisfaction is guaranteed. Visit monsterbrewinghardware.com now and check out all the mills and mill accessories. Don't settle for second best. Get a Monster Mill from Monster Brewing Hardware. Tonight is the night. We bring the creature to life, Dr. Blitzenstein? Yes, J.P. Gore. Everything is perfect for my next fermented creation. My daughter, the storm is too far away. We'll never have enough power to isomerize the creature's alphas. <laughs> yes, J.P. Gore, we will. For I have in my possession the Tower of Power! <laughs> Glickman's new Tower of Power is the evolution of automation. Control hot liquor, sparge, and mash temps like a pro. The Tower of Power is a high-quality gas-fired rim system that works with your current brewing setup. With ultra-precision, the tower can hold your mash to one-half of a degree Fahrenheit. Precision and repeatability. The Tower of Power is the answer to automatic, fast ramp times. See more at BlickmanEngineering.com. Bring your next creation to life with the Tower of Power. Dr. Glickman's with the Tower of Power, you can probably give me an afternoon at the pub to Don't be silly, J.P. Gore. We have beer to brew. A few things happened 30 years ago. Arfanet migrated to TCPIP, and the Internet was born. Revenge of the Jedi was renamed Return of the Jedi and opened in theaters. Mila Kunis and Emily Blunt were born, beginning a rad fantasy in my mind. But all of that pales next to the fact that HopTech opened its doors and began blowing homebrewers right out of their mash tuns. HopTech doesn't fuck around. Real people shipping awesome shit straight to you. Their new website is fast and easy to navigate. Or just call 800-379-4677 and let badass bitch Jade and the gadget guy Roberto blow their warm load of customer service all over you. So visit the site or visit Visit the store in Dublin, California, and support those that support you. Get your brewing on at hoptech.com. 
Masters are back. It is a 401 beer. Whatever. All right, welcome back to the program. We're still hanging out at the Hop Grenade. We got a lot to do. We got more beer to drink, that's for sure. I have a 680 IPA in my glass from Shubro's Brewery. I'm an East Bay kid now. I'm not from here, but I've been here long enough to now be an East Bay kid. So not I'm that bad. Yeah. So I'm glad that you're you're here and you're naming beers after the East Bay. Everything. Yeah. The 680 IPA is good. Is this one of your flagship beers at Shubro's? This is. This is our second beer that we produced. Okay. Excellent. So it's one of those beers that's available all year round. So this is something I kind of skipped over with the both of you that I'd like to ask about, which is a little bit of history of the breweries. How, when did Shubro's open? We opened June of 2011. Okay. So that's when we launched our first beer, which was Nico. Nico. So Nico is a wheat beer with rye. Okay. So all of our beers, I try to take a little bit of different spin on the typical. Yeah, that's an beer. interesting combination: wheat beer with rye in it. Yeah. All right. So, wheat beer with rye, you have the the sweetness from the wheat. The rye ends that kind of that spicy dryness to it. So it's a nice counterbalance to the wheat. Okay. And then it's American style, so it's filtered. Drinks really clean, really crisp, but you still get that sweet. There's a little bit of dimension to it. Okay. And how'd you get into uh, brewing? Were you a home brewer first? Home brewer first. Okay. So way back when uh, in college, it was a buddy and I were uh, looking for an easy way to get beer, and uh, home brewing sure. was a great entry oh, yeah. way. Yeah. I mean, it takes so, a little while, but easy and cheap. It's easy and it's a good hobby. Yeah. You know, a little camp stove and yeah. get yourself some so beer. So w- when you went to Belgium the first time, were you a pro? Or were you still a home brewer? I was still a home brewer. Okay. So you went over there. Uh, oh, oh my excited God. about beer. Yeah. yeah. It was just sitting in bars and drink all day. Yeah. Was like, that was great. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, travel for us, right? It's like, yeah. oh, hey, where, where are you going to travel to? The next brewery? Yeah. <laughs> what well, tourist what, thing are you going to do? The next brewery? What's, what's your plan for today? <laughs> See, Find the, the next brewery. The beauty of our jobs, though, is we, you know, it's a work vacation. Yeah. It's research. Yeah. Every time. It's a tax write-off. <laughs> that too. Uh, so, did you go to brewing school or, or learn so, everything on the job? I uh, I studied food science at Cal Poly, okay. San Luis Obispo, <clears throat> and then I, I worked at the dairy down there, and that I think helped me get a job at Firestone. Oh yeah, nice. So I got I gotta ask. It's a good place. You worked to start. at the dairy. I did. Did you put your arm up? No. But. No, I did a dairy processing. Okay. So. <laughs> well, that's a form of processing. I taking guess. the milk. That Got someone it. else already milked. Okay, because <laughs> you know when you're you're doing the bovine thing, and, and no, especially at a big university, they kind of make you do a lot of things. Did not inseminate a cow. Doc's well, a doctor. He likes yeah. to know about the science. Yeah, okay. and everybody should know that Doc mimed it as he said it. He like <laughs> made his thumb and first finger into a thing and, and then shoved his arm <laughs> through it. I did pretty much shove my whole arm up there. <laughs> yeah, that was. Well, gross. you have to. You got to get in there. Make sure you hey. do. That's but, right. You know, you got to know where it's coming from. So yeah. then you went to Firestone. So then I went for Firestone. How long did you brew there? Um, I worked in the cellar there, uh, worked on the union a little bit, doing the barrels. Okay. Um, and then worked on the packaging line for a little while. Okay. So, and then I left, had the opportunity to do a master's degree. So left, went back to Cal Poly for a year. Okay. Um, then got out of the industry for a little bit. 
um, and then started working on basically the business plan for Shoe Bros. I see. And did you guys open with a, a brewery? Did you build a brewery and start making that way, a contract or what? We started contract okay. with the idea of building the brewery. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as we started contracting, we just said we need to open our own place. Yeah. And so we accelerated that as fast as quickly as we could. Got it. So it was under a year we opened our own brewery. That's pretty quick. And now everything's pretty much out of San Ramon. What size brewery do you have now? We have a seven-barrel brew house. Okay. Uh, we have 15-barrel fermenters. Uh, we're getting ready to put in a couple 30-barrels. Why did you choose San Ramon? doesn't seem uh, like a lot of industrial space in San Ramon. It's not. It's a real pain in the ass. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. But, you know, the city's been great. They're excited to have a brewery. Um, I'm sure, yeah. It's, it's actually worked out really well because we have this close community, and there's not a lot of breweries around because... There's not a lot of industrial space. Do you guys have a tasting room, too? We do have a tasting room. So that's so, great for San Ramon. Yeah, and we have Bishop Branch, and so we get a lot of business you know, people coming through. Okay. So tasting rooms open Thursday, Friday nights, and Saturdays. Okay. What's your brew there. schedule? Are you guys... Uh, as quickly as I can, as often yeah, as I can. Are, are, you, are you guys doing... Every day? Max. Uh, yeah, I have uh, four fermenters right now. Okay. So I'm doing about four days a week, um, and then once I get the 30s going... Uh, I'll be there all the time. <laughs> yeah, I'll be there yeah, I'm, I'm, wonder, yeah. I'm wondering if it's like no more. two shifts, three days a week kind of stuff. I try to stagger it, so I use the first batch to kind of do a prop, yeah. and then I'll put the second batch on top of it. Okay. And then once I have the 30s, <clears throat> it'll be double days. Yeah. So right now, if I have to do two beers in a week, I'll brew one one beer one day, and then the next day I'll do one of each. So I'll do the second second beer. And then the I'll old, do the first, the brand new one. and then the next, then I'll my second batch will be the first beer for the next day, and then the next day. So I'll brew three days a week, but I'll do four batches. Yeah, and you just uh, aerate the first batch, the first time. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was, I'm always real interested in how you guys kind of spend your time. You only have so many fermenters. Yeah, uh, you're doing like double batches, one on top of the other, three days a week because yeah. that's what you have. And then when the new fermenters come in. You're throwing another two days, yeah, and you better be bringing somebody else to kind of help, or you could die. Yeah, you need a second. <laughs> I yeah. feel like I'm gonna die sometimes. Yeah. But <laughs> well, you, you got to maximize. Yeah, I do have. You a, can. I have an assistant brewer, uh, Brennan, who's fantastic, um, and I definitely put him through the ringer. Yeah. It's, <laughs> there. Well, being, that's what assistant brewers are for. Yeah, and it'd be fuck there, that guy. There were times it was you know midnight two a.m. And I'd been there since 6 a.m. And I was like, fuck this. Yeah. And I'll send Brandon a text. Hey, sorry, I left you a huge mess. Yeah. And Deal with it. <laughs> yeah, I got nothing left. I got nothing left. I'm, uh, yeah. I'm going home. Yeah. Now, you guys have, uh, you've poured at our Winterfest for a couple years yeah, now, right? We have. All right, cool. Yeah. I thought so. Yeah. Uh, so you guys have been around for a little bit. Yeah, we've been around. Definitely. Okay. So we're still getting out there, though. It's... What about you, Kuhn? Uh, how did you get started brewing? How long have you been doing it? For about Six years. Six years now. Yeah. What'd you do before brewing? I made wine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. When I was 18, I got in contact with lots of uh, my friends. Their fathers were making wine, and I spent more time with the guys than with, uh, with my friends. With actually. the friends. Okay. <laughs> Learning how to make wine. Yeah. What's the biggest difference between making wine and making beer? Um, wine production is um, all the work happens in the field during the growing of the grapes. Okay. So a farmer takes a lot of time to 
do that. Yeah. Um, and then he gets in the grapes, they get crushed, and they ferment. That's about it. Okay. Like with brewing, the, the brewmaster does not uh, do the malting process anymore, doesn't grow the, the, uh, the, 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 the grains and so. So the process is like the brewing, like making the sugar is in the grape, but in, there is only starch in the grains, so we have to take them out and make them sugars and then play with malts, play with hops, and it all happens in the brewery. That's actually the, the main business, the main difference. Okay. That makes sense. They are both interesting. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. yeah, I'm not one of these people who has to choose wine or beer. I really like both of them. I don't know shit about wine, but I really enjoy it, and I, d- I don't like the debate over which is better. I, I think they're both interesting. Yes. Yeah. And different, obviously. Also so. for food pairing, of course. Yeah. yeah. So then how'd you end up going from uh, wine to beer? Well, at a certain time in Belgium, there was an education program um, to be a zytologist. That's mainly like a beer sommelier. Okay. It takes about a year and a half, and you go every week to uh, evening classes where you have one part, which is uh, the theoretical background of whatever is like history of beer mm. um the the what they use to make beer the, the fabrication process then organoleptica how to taste beer and so on and so on and so on and then um, the second half of the evening is like a tasting got it which is quite interesting it's like adult school uh doc it yeah. works for me <laughs> <laughs> well yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's education <laughs> at the beginning and yeah. fun at the, yeah. the end and so during that uh pro fabrication process i said well to understand it a little bit better i need to brew so i found some uh home brewers uh, and i assisted them uh but after a couple of times i bought myself little kettles and uh and and camping stoves and uh, i tried some stuff for myself okay and uh yeah it grew and it grew so, so you just you got right into it you fell in love yeah, with it yeah, yeah. yeah okay well i'm i'm um I'm a trained chemist, biochemist. Okay. Uh, so it was not that hard to understand all the biochemistry uh, behind it. So I have been working um, at the University of Ghent for 10 years doing research, uh, mostly protein research, uh, mass spectrometry and that. So I have been in quite some labs. Okay. Um, so it was not a very big step to go uh, from one to the other. Well, and maybe it wasn't that hard to get your first job then either at a brewery if you knew, if you knew the chemistry side so well. Um, well, actually, my own Seven Sins, that I own my own brew company, so I'm... Is that started. how you started with that? Yes, because okay. like, I had a daughter and I wanted to release like a bird beer instead of going to a shop and offering people like candies. I, I wanted to make one of my home brews like a beer for, for my daughter. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't want to give it away uh, because it's not legal to do that uh, from a home brew. So I contacted the Hulden Spoor in Hullehem. Okay. Um, it was like immediately a good contact with uh, Bjorn, the brewmaster there. I produced like 10 hectoliters and I said, well, I have so much. Uh, <laughs> I don't have so much friends. <laughs> yeah. Now I have, but at that, that time I didn't have so much friends. Yeah, now you do. Yeah, because I make the beer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and um, I made up the idea to make like seven cents beer because I was not married at that time. Okay. And I, I uh, came up with the name Luxuria, which is lust. Uh, so it started right. with Luxuria, uh, and by now I made the uh, Gula Gluttony, I made the Nvidia, 
Um, and the Asidia, which is slot, is already for two and a half years on barrels, waiting until I'm done with the three other beers. Which you haven't be you haven't put that out yet. It's just no, in the barrels. Wow. I, I just There's seven sins. That's a lot of sins. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but that or the cardinal sins. Then there are oh. a lot more. Oh. <laughs> Tasty, you could probably list more. You know, there's a yeah. lot more sins. You know, what's the whacking off one? What's that called? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it depends on what your brain's doing at the time. I see. Yeah, it could be almost anything. Yeah. So I gave myself seven years to produce seven beers. So we are now in the fourth year. So actually, I should uh, produce another sin, but. Maybe it's just the sin of, of slot that I waited. Oh, yeah, year. you're dwelling. Perfect, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what I do. Yeah. yeah. And if it goes past seven years, you're just a liar, whatever that one is. Yeah. Uh, so you're fine. Probably make up one. Yeah. <laughs> well, wh- which one's gluttony? Uh, it's gula. Oh. Yeah, that's... And you third. already made that. What kind of beer is that? Um, it is too sweet. It's unbalanced to me because it's too sweet, it's too spicy, and it's too alcoholic. Okay. But, but a lot of people like it. Oh, it's gluttony. I'm sure it, they do. It, 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 combines, it combines really well with blue cheese, like we have in Belgium, the Grievenbrucker, uh, which is the Achelsebloe. Yeah. It's uh, world famous. It won some uh, cheese awards. It's fantastic. And it combines like it was made for each other. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. What kind of beer would you call Is there a style that you could give it to give us a, an idea? It's a, a spiced quadruple. Okay. Yeah. That's close enough. Yeah, so it's a quad, and yes. then it's got a lot of spice. Uh, yeah. uh, spices in it, like anise and things like that? Or? Yes. Yeah, okay. But I can't tell, of Yeah, course. of course. <laughs> <laughs> He's got that secret oh, thing going again. It, it contains no cinnamon. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh. You'll tell us that. No. Thanks for yeah. sharing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. It's it's somewhere on Beer Advocate and, and all the raid beer stuff. You, you can okay. Find it. So let me see if I have this right. The The brewery that you work for... Most of the time, yeah, is Hugo. Yeah, that's me. Brewing no, company. Well, no, I don't work. I, I, the Seven Cents beer are mo, that's more. That's like, yours. Yeah, that's me. I and I do that. it for. It's not for fun. It's it's to to give the world some food pairing beers, which are really special. So, can anybody buy the Seven Cents beers, or they're just for these food pairings that you do? No, no, no. It's uh, it's sold. It's even sold okay. in in uh, San Francisco and uh, oh, that okay. area. Uh, but I, it's it doesn't say seven sins, does it? it says Zeven Zonden. It says seven sins. Oh, it does. Okay, yeah, we did a translation for it. Yeah, because you know we're stupid. Uh, thanks for that. <laughs> I like you've been here before. Yeah, he's like they're idiots. P- please do the translation. Some of us live in San Ramon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so that one's available. But this other brewery you you freelance at? Yes, that's, that's Hugo. That, no, that is no. Casa Mutton. Okay. Yeah, Hugo is. A, I'm Hugo. I'm the brewer. That's company. a shortening of his last name. I realized yes. at the last ah, break. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, but now I freelance I now two to four days a week uh, at uh, Brew de Casa Matten in Ypres, which started only a year ago. Okay, uh, we brewed the first batch on September the 14th, so it will be like uh, uh, our first anniversary soon. Oh, yeah. We made two uh, five batches in 2013, and I remember that when I left, I did my 59th batch of this year. Hmm. Which was uh, a lot of work. That is a lot. Fifty ninth yeah. this year. Yes. That's every ten days. Tasty. How many brews have you done this year? So far? Less. <laughs> uh, home brews or just brews? Home brews. Uh, I don't know. Probably uh, eleven or so. Eleven. Yeah. So, uh, what size brew house are you bring on there? Sorry. What size brew house? How many uh, hectoliters? Um, we but I we do the hectoliter, not in Paris. Uh, that's, that's fine. fine. That's yeah. fine. I knew so you were saying hectoliters. We, we start with seven, and we end up uh, after it has been fermented. We end up in the bottle or in the keg with six hectoliter. 
Okay. Yeah. We can do, it takes me eight hours. Uh, I can do two day, two batches a day, but it's so hard because the installation is really to to totally not automated. Uh, like we heat with steam and if I change, uh, like uh, Mike was there, so he saw it. It, it really is, um, you have to pay attention a lot. And if you work like 14 hours and you mm. miss one valve, you didn't, don't close it. Since we use multiple mashing steps, uh, things go wrong really fast. So yeah. you step mash on a, yes. on a, on a steam? Yes. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh, that happens also with my seven synths. But there we have like an Holden Spore installation where you just put into the, the computer like I want that temperature for that long. And then you grab some West Fleeter and you get back after two hours <laughs> and, and the mashing is done and it's uh, even in the in the lowering kettle. So oh, that's it's already been moved on. Yeah. And it, then you rake or not rake? I rake. <laughs> rake during the Let's water. talk about step mashing for a second. Yeah. Mike, do you step mash at your brewery? No, we don't. We just have a simple infusion. So hey. this is why I wanted to ask this question uh, because there obviously are still a lot of brewers in the world that step mash and there's a lot of brewers in the world that don't. Um, so what do you think about that, Kuhn? Because So the brewers that don't, I, I assume, would say the malts are highly modified and we don't need to do that anymore. Yep. Is that about right, Mike? Um, you could say more. I'm, I don't mean to put words in your mouth. It would be nice <laughs> if we had the step mash capabilities. Okay. I think it's, it's, more, oh, it's more of a system It's thing a system and a financial okay. position that we're in. And uh, okay. I, think, I think we make great beers. I mean, you guys can tell me otherwise. Yeah, yeah. Um, it but, sucks. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, Adam, we reserve the right to call you. That's yes. otherwise. You know, it'd probably be better if you step mash. Just saying. Well, no, I, I, I think you, you know, you add a little bit, one more degree of control. Okay. Yeah. And I, th I think the more control you have, the more consistent you can be. You know, you can make up for you know deficiencies in the malt or anything. So like you're that. saying you're out of control? Okay. No, I'm in control. <laughs> but if I had more control, you, you okay, wouldn't, I wouldn't be opposed to that. Okay. Okay. Good. Kun, what's your thought about the breweries that do the, the single match? Because there are breweries that can do step and they don't. They feel they don't need to. Yeah, they're wrong. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I'm a Kuhn. So why do we need to? Because every enzyme has its own working temperature and if you do only one step mm -hmm. or you have to take a lot longer uh, and hope that you get the pieces chopped up in the right position yeah but if you if you do multiple steps then you can uh, play with mouthfeel and because you can um, calculate a bit how long the pieces are and what will be fermentable and what won't be fermentable okay so that's a bit uh, the issue that was a bit of my concern with uh, brewing my stuff in a few days uh, at Shubros because yeah. it's a single step but um, I hope that we can find a way around that <laughs> we, we do a modified yes a step so, okay. yeah. oh. we will try we take our infusion and we we add hot water to it yeah. and we can kind of get a second step out of it okay should, that should, makes sense yeah. a home brewer would do that too yeah, yeah just to, to rise it up Adds more hot water. So, what would be the ideal step mash then for temperature wise for this brew that you're doing, uh, Kuhn? What would you like to see it, it be at? The different steps. You can do it in Celsius. It's okay. Um, what I want and what I will get is very different. That's okay. I'm more. Well, if okay. I'm if I'm picking your brain, if you, for the perfect step, that's what I want to well, know. That depend, it, it depends on what type of beer you will make. Mm -hmm. If you make blonde, dark. If you have a lot of, um, like, 
colored malts like if you use 300 uh, ebc stuff then you need like longer steps on on this and that um well, I, what's the beer that you're about to brew here uh well i i'm not sure yet on it will also a bit depend on the mashing step and whether i will have to add sugar ah. i will see how the lot ring goes without but i will i don't know how to cut on that machine so turn on the damn rakes mike <laughs> I, I might boss brendan uh, <laughs> on the secret line help me out <laughs> all right let me try to pare it down to something else that the the triple that we had the a belgian triple yeah um of the same ingredient th- this belgian triple that we already had if you were to do it exactly how you wanted, yeah. what would your steps be? I just think our listeners would, you know, our homebrew listeners want a little info like that. I would use um, some 63, 65, uh, skip on the 68, and go to 70, 72. Okay. Celsius. So three steps. Yeah, two, yeah. three steps, yeah. And then is there a mash out, or that's the 72? No, no, no. That's uh, the, we go to probably 80. 80 for the final mash yeah. out. Yeah. Coon's my new hero. So, yeah. so I, I, I met some brewers. Oh, who, I, I, this is not a brewer. I don't do a step. I, I, I met At some, least three. I met some brewers, and, and they just say, I, I, I do like one hour on 60 degrees Celsius, and then I just go to my boiling kettle. Yeah. But hmm. if you don't do that, yeah, I think it works, but the enzymes still keep are active and they do stuff. Yeah. So, and you can do so much more through multi- do steps. multiple steps. Yeah. You, can, you can just dial it, like well, you said, the mouthfeel. It's mostly, yeah. mostly dial it in the mouthfeel. Yeah. Tasty? Well, a lot of the malts that we have here are, are kilned to be highly modified just because we're basically a single yeah. infusion kind of country. Yeah. So that's kind of how we roll here, really. Yeah. Doc's... Trying to get something out that's probably not even there. Not well, I'm good. using a lot of European malts too. Yeah. When I'm, but even those, I think Tacey's saying we're told that they're. And by the way, I'm not arguing either side. I'm just throwing it out there. Sure, you are. We're told that those are highly modified, like Tasty sure. said. So well, that you know. might probably explain why the malts which we ordered from uh, Dingemans yeah. were different. Yeah. Although yeah. the fact we just ordered like the same name in the catalog, yeah, okay, which had like the, the, the same specifications, okay, so that might explain it. And yeah. it actually had the same specifications of the malt analysis sheet, or did you? We possibly, com- it's different. You're thinking now, probably. We, uh, right? n- now I should compare the, yeah. the specifications because I, I I think that every brewer, if he opens a bag before he puts it in the grinder, there is your hand and you taste it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So, what kind of extract efficiency do you get in your brewery? Channel? Um, seventy-five, seventy-eight. Yeah. See, we're our guys are getting above eighty and eighty. Yeah, that's the because then the, probably the modified stuff. There you go. <laughs> probably it's it's pre-mashed. <laughs> Basically, it's already been done. Yeah, dry mash. It's so already been maybe dry mashing mash before you brew. We're just liquefying. <laughs> <laughs> we're just adding water. <laughs> Mike, yeah, Mike, what kind of efficiency do you get over there? At I get over ninety. Yeah. See. So it's so it's a malt thing, and Me that's kind of why yeah. I started the discussion. I just wanted to know about the differences too. <laughs> I've only, as a home brewer, and I'm not a good example. I'm just throwing it out there. Well, wait. wait I've wait, only let's go back on that. Uh, I've only stepped. <laughs> I've only done a step mash uh, with other brewers. Uh, I've only if it's my brew, it's always a single, and I'm always. So, yeah, like you say, Tasty, I'm over 80% efficiency. Yeah. It's You might find it interesting, Doc, uh, or obvious. The the I, Obviously, I've step-mashed with you. The only other time on my own system that I've done multiple steps was with Dan Gordon when we shot the Logger DVD, which is yet to be released. 
because Dan Gordon, uh, a German brewer here in America, is just like you, Kuhn. He thinks, forget it. If you, you couldn't possibly make a beer without step mashing. You have to step mash. And he doesn't care if the malts are modified no. or anything else. And so when we did his uh, perfect Pilsner uh, recipe... He made us do a step mash. Doc, Other than that, I've always just done the single. Does Doc, do you think you're getting something out of it that when you step mash, even though oh, you're being... Def- definitely. You are. Oh, yeah. I can modify the mouthfeel. I can modify... Mostly, mostly it's mouthfeel. Yeah. And okay. this is such a big part of the beer. Yeah, uh, it is. I don't want... If I can dial it in whether I want a thinner beer or a thicker beer. I'm going to get something more out of it. Yeah, it's drinkability as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. So is there a such thing as a malt that absolutely only needs single step? You really just do not have to? Because you're saying you have to do it no matter what the malt. When, I, when I'm doing English beers, uh, a lot of the different English beers, they all do single step. And I will, I will emulate that. Okay. But a lot of my beers are German or Belgian. And I'm going to do... At least three steps. Okay. Uh, just because I can. It's easier for me. You can't. Uh, our shoe bros, you just can't. No, I can't. And I can't. It's very easy for me to do it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll in at 110. I'm going to roll up to 122. And then I'm going to do my sacrification rest at that point. Yeah. And it has to do more with what the end beer is going to taste like in my mouth. It's It's... it's I'm going to get my efficiency no matter what. I know that. Yeah. But it's, it's I'm, the mouthfeel. I'm going to okay. dial in what the mouthfeel is. Okay. It's going to be thinner or thicker, whatever I, whatever I want. And I really do believe in that. It's an extra step. Yeah. But I do it because it's easy for me. If it's really difficult, you wouldn't do it. Don't do it. Yeah. Don't, don't modify your whole system so you're going to make it so you can do it. Right. This is actually what I like about the discussion because, uh, as Tasty points out, uh, you know the malts are designed for us here that we you can do a to. single step. But you get things out of it, and, and Kuhn gets more out of it, and yeah. And, um, and actually, I, I find yeah. it interesting, Mike, to hear you say, "I'd do it if I could." Yeah, you know, uh, and, I, and I, depending on the beer that I make, I shift my mashing temperature. Okay, yeah. yeah. So if I want a lighter mouthfeel, I'll try to mash in a little cooler. Okay, right. you get more betas, yeah. and if it's you know, if I want something a little more chewy, yeah, I'll come in a little hotter. So your 680 IPA, what's your mash and mash temp there? We're around 152. Okay, yeah, I like so, this beer. Thank I mean, I, I've worn your arms out doing a decoction. Yeah, we did a decoction, and we too. made an awesome beer. Yeah, yeah. You're like right, I said, I, I just you're like ready the, to kill me, but yeah, I was painting the ass, stirring, it was, scooping, but and, uh, I, I, yeah. I for sure. You know, uh, push my uh, my sacrification temperatures around a little bit. Yeah, yep. and sure. th- there's things you can do on an infusion mash to adjust it. Right, tasty. What's your uh, mash temp on the uh, the old session IPA, the popular session IPA right now? Well, yeah, the lo- the lower uh, ABV stuff. I, I go like 154 or 156. Yeah, okay. a lot of body in the beer. Okay. Yeah. Well, we've got some tasty beer to try that was brewed in France. So we're going to do that, Ooh. I think, after the break. Um, gentlemen, you want to hang out and try some beer with us that, that I brought back? Sure, I don't have a whole sure. lot of it, but I, but I got a few yeah. things. Um, okay. You're not heading Thanks. back to Belgium anytime soon. <laughs> no, when are you going back, Kuhn? September 11th. Oh, yeah, you got a few more days. <laughs> when did you get here? Good, good day to fly. Yeah, January. it was not cheaper. 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, We're to... running a special. <laughs> I, I got here on uh, the 19th. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I did some brewing, went to Burning Man, went to Harbin. How was your Burning Man experience? Uh, different. Year? Great. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah? You've been before. Yes. Why did you start going to Burning Man? Who brought you there? Oh, some, some, some crazy friends. Yeah. Yeah, we discussed about it in about, it was 2000, 2001. And some friends say, well, there is a crazy festival somewhere in the desert. <laughs> we should go there. And then we thought about going in 2006 because it would be like 20 years. Oh, yeah. Which was wrong because the 20th time was in 2005, if you add 2006, of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we went in 2006. Uh, there was a big Belgian project. Uh, they, uh, the, the, guys, the waffle. The waffle, yeah. The waffle uh, we, good. We, we were like, with, uh, for a lot of people, we were the other Belgians. Um, <laughs> oh, you were those Belgians? <laughs> the other Belgians, yeah. <laughs> um, and then we got back for the Green Man in 7. I got back in 9, 11, and now in 2014. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nice. Maybe next year, maybe not. Yeah, I might have to go back next year. I've skipped a couple years now, but yeah. oh, wait, wait. I'm getting a little hankering there, to go back. There's no might here. <laughs> I'm getting a little hankering to go back. The only reason I didn't go this year is because I went to Europe instead. I See, oh, no, because he wouldn't drink there. the roofie. <laughs> I went to Europe instead. I had to do it. Mm. I'm curious, uh, you know uh, Brasserie de la Seine? Yeah. You must, right? Um, I'm a big fan. I have the, I'm just curious what you think, because to me... So De La Sen, um, we had him not on the show, but we did an interview with him at the Firestone Walker Beer Festival. Great guy. The I, made, I loved hanging with him. Yeah, Yvonne. Yeah. Exactly, Yvonne. Uh, nice guy. Um, but I had his beer a lot while I was in France, too, because when I got tired of the experimenting best. with random uh, beers, I would just there was always De La Sen on tap, so I would, I would try that. And uh, w- the reason I'm bringing it up is I feel like he's kind of a hybrid between Belgian beers and American beers. I felt that they were truly Belgian in in their character, very dry, um, somewhat yeast-driven, and uh, just a lot of wonderful, uh, what I would call traditional Belgian flavor, but with kind of American balance and hops and, and different... You mean a tabula rasa, or...? Um, what did I have? Uh, Zinnabier is yeah, one, of course. Yeah. And Stoterek, isn't that one? What's his really strong one? There's a um, oh man, I had it all the Say time. Say it was your best French accent. No, I can't even think of the name. Although I had it uh, every time. I, well, why do you? Because you don't find them to be very much of a hybrid. You think only specific ones is is what I must be talking about. Well, if you compare to most American IPA stuff or American yeah. style, it's it, he's not that far. No, That's no, why no, I say no. he's sort of right in between the two. Or do you think he's more traditional uh, Belgian? He, yeah, maybe for more Belgians, he would be like more uh, untraditional. But for me, because I'm used to having like lots of different stuff, which is more uh, strange than... than, than yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. I guess, yeah, like I said, I just bring it up because I had it so much and I felt like his... The beer is wonderful. It's so well brewed. If, we, if you can ever have De La Seine, I think you should. But it was just such a... Uh, they were cleaner... Um, Drier, just a little more on the hoppy American side, mm-hmm. and I loved it. You can buy it here, by the way. I saw yeah. it at Ool the other day. If uh, right here in Walnut Creek, you can go to Ool and and pick up some De La Seine beer. And it was at every French beer bar I went to, mm-hmm. and and I don't know. It was just nice to to yeah. find some consistent beer in a landscape that was a bit inconsistent. Was it Wadessa? No. You said it was their strong one. Do you remember the style? 
No. Can't help you. I drank too much of it. <laughs> it's 10% every time I had one. Hey, can you guys tell us about uh, the uh, disaster you experienced the other uh, day? I want to make sure we get that before we take it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I heard you guys had a, what, a gasket leak or something? It yeah. sucks for you to tell it, but it's great for everyone listening. Yeah. It does, and that's why there's so little of this triple out there. So we had a tank. Uh, when we closed the door, it had pinched the gasket a little bit. Is that a euphemism for something? <laughs> no, the, the door gasket actually pinched when we closed it. Like the manway door the in the manway fermenter? Door on the fermenter. Okay. When, so, when, you, when you closed it. When, so, when I, <laughs> what is this wee business? Oh, yeah. oh. It's a collaboration? The, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. Fucking when, Doc does that to me. Every time Doc and I we. do something together, and there's a mist- and I say we, because even if I did it, it's yeah. a we. He always goes, what's this we yeah, shit? You know who else yeah. does that? We <laughs> made a good beer, right? Yeah. 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 Then it's we. You lost it. Wives and girlfriends do that too. Hey, can, can we mow the lawn this weekend? Yeah. We. Uh, we. Well, I'm getting I'm getting that from you that the last little guy out of that manhole that that closed this thing up pinched the gas. We'll just blame it on Brennan. Uh, <laughs> all right. So you're closing the manhole in the fermenter so, before it, filling it, obviously. Yeah, and it's um, when we closed it, it it rolled a little bit towards the inway. Okay. And uh. Ferm- went through fermentation fine. Oh. <clears throat> All right. We're safe. We had a little bit of leakage. We're okay. Oh, so you and knew it at fermentation. I'd seen a little bit of leakage, looked, saw that the gas was pinched, but okay, we're all right. It didn't pinch too bad where it's going to be catastrophic. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> then we go to... Famous last words. See, yeah. We, yeah. When we so go to crash it... Yeah, we, we crashed it. We crashed it. Okay, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> lost, but we lost it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. We I crashed. cleaned it up, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Where were you? Uh, I was in the desert. Yeah. <laughs> I so, was not there. So you crashed yeah. the beer before so, leaving work. Yeah, and uh, come in the next morning, and there's beer everywhere. Oh, no. So we lost. Describe more in more detail. Oh, beer descri- everywhere. Like how much? Describe of the, beer? the look on your face. <laughs> right. <laughs> how much beer? Uh, is utter everywhere? distress. Oh no! So there's probably about seven barrels of beer. Oh no! On man. the floor. What's that in hectoliters? <laughs> oh no! I don't. I don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> so it, much beer. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> upwards of ten hectoliters. Wait, uh, is that the uh, whole fermenter then? No, it was yeah. uh, a everything. Third, uh, a third of the. Yeah, fish. about a third of the fermenter was everything above the manhole. Yeah, it was about halfway up the manway. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. So yeah. Then uh, when, when we transferred it, we couldn't get. There was a hole. There was a leak, so we couldn't even keep pressure on it. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. we're just pumping CO two and to oh, keep. Well, from wait, sucking wait. It. Wow, little Dutch boy. No, <laughs> put his finger in it. <laughs> yeah, it didn't work. No. <laughs> Did it just go down the drain, or it literally yeah, sat we, still? We in squeegeed the, it, uh, okay. and then okay, we. Oh man! Scrub the floor. I scrubbed the floor. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't want to give you credit for anything you didn't do. I was in the desert. (laughs) Now, when okay, so you walk in that morning, yeah, right, and you open the door. Do you instantly know? Is there just beer everywhere? You You can smell it. Okay, open the front door. The alarm's going off. I could smell it in the desert. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it's so far. 300 miles north. Everyone on 680 sitting in traffic. (laughs) What is that? They can smell it. So you walk in, you can smell it, and then what? You you go further into the... And then open, go through the office, and then just... And it's... 
like how many? How deep is the pool of beer at this point? About a half inch. Oh shit! So everywhere. For those of you who've been to the brewery, our our cellar's on one wall, and then the brewery's kind of around a corner where the office is, and the beer's in the middle. The beer's everywhere. So it's underneath the brew house. It's it crept underneath our walk-in cooler. Oh, so so I got to move kegs to squeegee that out Mm. underneath the underneath all the fermenters. Uh, underneath some pallets, it was uh, a good excuse for two days of cleaning the brewery. Yeah, the, bre- the brewery's spotless again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh. yeah it, it needed to be cleaned, and, and it pinched on purpose. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Clean me. The brewery was telling you, exactly. <laughs> it's the sloth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's rough. It, was yeah. that the only fermenter of the spear? Yeah. Just the one. Wow. So we, we ended up with a grand uh, four and a half barrel yield. And that's the beer that we have here? Yeah. That's, yeah. Lucky wow. us. Half a barrel here. Wow. So okay. Pretty exclusive. Yeah, no kidding. Get nice. down here while you still can. Yeah, not much of I'm it. I'm going to have more at the next break, actually. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's rich coming from Justin. The, this man is not a Belgian beer fan, guys. No, that no. is a high unless praise. It's, unless it's sour, but yeah. uh, I'm going back for it. It's good. Thank you. All right, I got to get us to a break. We're going to come back. We're going to try some more beer, hang out with the guys, if that's cool with you. Uh, Let me let you know real quick, uh, our good friends over at the Siebel Institute of uh, Technology, it's uh, America's oldest brewing school. Uh, More courses than any other brewing school, uh, which include, um, you know, you can do it just as a home brewer, too. They have an advanced home brewing course, uh, craft distilling, and beer styles courses for those uh, looking to ace beer knowledge exams. Professional-level brewing courses available, both campus-based and web-based, and the facility includes uh, some of the best-known and most uh, respected instructors in international brewing. In fact, I know that one of Tasty's friends, uh, Wynn here, uh, the brother of one of our great bartenders, uh, went to the Siebel Institute here, and then he went to Siebel in Germany. Yeah, he's... he's, I believe he just got a professional brewing job. He did, at Lagunitas. At Lagunitas. Yeah. Good for him. He's fun to hang around with. You know, he actually... Knows a lot about beer. It's fun to talk to him. Amazing little education. I mean, he knows more than I know. Yeah. But I can learn from him because I can tell if he's, like, bullshitting me. There he is. (laughs) Right. Kid goes away to Siebel and comes back a professional brewer. (laughs) How about that? Go to, uh, you can go check them out online. Just go to Siebel Institute. Um, Siebel, America's oldest brewing school. Good guys over there. And uh, Keith. You know Keith Tasty? You sure. Keith? He's the funniest funny man on the planet, He's I'm thinking. He's fucking hilarious. I wish, I, could, I wish he was here right now. We'd have a great party. He's one of the guys who... we got to have him on just to Keith talk Lemke, about Siebel. Yes. And we would talk about Siebel for about two and a half minutes. And then <laughs> the rest of the, the time, we would just fuck around with Keith. He's yeah. a good dude. Uh, all right, go check him out over at Siebel. We're going to take ourselves uh, a break here. I'll and be- uh, when we come back, we're going to taste some beer that I brought home, including... Tasty's namesake. Yes. How about that? My only branded beer. <laughs> it is, right? <laughs> it's a French beer. The French like you, Tasty. You're big well, in France. Well, enough. Yeah. Well, I've you're, seen him at the Eiffel Tower. You're, big, you're That's right. very big in France. <laughs> All right, we'll be back in just a few minutes. Hang in there. It's the session live from the Hop Grenade. Hang in there. You're listening to the Brewcasters. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Will 
Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and the freshest ingredients, backed by the best customer service in the business. New items include the Big Oxygen Kit for economical wart aeration using common welding oxygen tanks and the Unistat line of external thermostats for easy control of both electric heaters and refrigerators. In addition, they've just mashed their new oatmeal stout malt extract, so you can make those tasty winter oatmeal stouts and porters without mashing. Go to williamsbrewing.com today and browse their vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 4 p.m. Pacific Time weekdays ship the same day. Brewing is easy. The Williams way. When I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for every beer style. I want a Cicerone. The Cicerone Certification Program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerones know beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone Program. Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerones are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a Certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious, Cicerone are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit fivestarchemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019 and get the Five Star Treatment today. Downtown Joe's, where everyone is welcome, especially if you like drinking and tasting beer. Head brewer Colin Kamensky's favorite beers are the Tantric IPA and the Double Secret Probation IPA. But you'll have loads of others to choose from when you redeem your exclusive Brewing Network savings. Downtown Joe's is the best brewery destination and the hottest night spot in Napa. Colin invites all home brewers and fans of craft beer to stop by and enjoy the great food and beer. Whether you're in the mood for riverside dining, live music, or just hanging out at the bar to meet a person of the opposite sex or a person of the same sex, Downtown Joe's has exactly what you're looking for. And now just mention the Brewing Network to receive a dollar off your beer at Downtown Joe's. That's right, take a dollar off every one of their great selection of craft beers, including the Lazy Summer Wheat, Golden Thistle Porter, and the Triple Dog Dare You. Come to Downtown Joe's and enjoy the laid-back atmosphere of Napa's best brew pub. Visit downtownjoes.com right now for current beers, the live music schedule, or to drool over their delicious menu items. Downtown Joe's, your neighborhood brew pub where everyone is welcome. 
Adventures in Homebrewing have the knowledge and expertise to craft their own gear and original recipes. Some of the things homebrewing.org creates and manufactures in-house are the Brutus brew stands and propane burners, the serial killer adjustable two-roller grain mill with seven-pound hopper, custom stainless steel false bottoms designed to fit kegels, coolers, and mini-sized brew pots, and the BN Army receives 10% off their homebrewing.org orders when they use coupon code AIH10 at checkout. The Brewers at Adventures in Homebrewing have designed a huge selection of original recipes for extract and all-grain brewing. Adventures in Homebrewing original recipes are tried and tested, proven to be of the best quality. And right now, Adventures in Homebrewing is shipping 24 of their best recipes for free. Visit homebrewing.org for the most current selection. Once you try one of Adventures in Homebrewing recipes, you'll keep coming back for more. And now, it's even easier with free shipping on these kits. And don't forget to use the current coupon code AIH10. Adventures in Homebrewing at homebrewing.org. You're listening to the Brewing Network. Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. All right, welcome back to the program, and thanks so much for hanging out with us. We've been having a good time here with the Shoe Bros and, and Kuhn from uh, Hugo. Yep. Uh, that's his brewing company that uh, he's doing over there in Belgium. Uh, I kind of can't wait to get back to Belgium now that I've met you, Kuhn. You are invited. It's gonna have a, I'm going to have a good time, I think. It rains all the time. <laughs> it just rains, right? That's all it does. I heard you had a bad rain experience. It was, was it really bad rain? It was pretty bad. Was it like? Could you still get around, or was it flooding? Well, Coon drove me around in the van, and then that night I didn't get dinner. Okay, he left me off downtown. I was like, well, you might find some food down there. Good luck. Here's the bike. <laughs> See you later. Sorry, it doesn't have fenders, <laughs> and it was pouring rain. You might be able to find some food. It's not raining too bad now, but yeah, you never know. <laughs> Look, sometimes you got to just go make your own way in a new country. Uh, it's it makes it fun. Yeah, definitely. I, and it was only two miles from where I was staying, so okay. I got a nice scenic, wet view of it, yeah. It was even, even it was raining on the day that the Tour de France started in Ypres. It poured. Yeah. It actually poured, poured. poured. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. It, it was a mess the, the whole time. <laughs> it just would not stop raining, except for the day I left. Oh yeah. Of and course. The sun came out. Same come out. Yeah. Sun came out. It, it was, was beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> but I, w- I was in a train to the airport. Okay, yeah. Meanwhile, uh, Shubro sent him to Seattle. Oh, yeah, you're going to Belgium. Yeah. Just, uh, you know, fall asleep on it's, the plane. It was just Seattle. Yeah. <laughs> I think it rains less in Seattle. What city were you that in? bad. What city is it? Korczyk. Okay. Korczyk. Give me, a, Korczyk. Give me yes. something in relation to... I've been to West Vlederen. Yeah. Oost Vlederen, right there. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then uh, Brussels, basically. Okay. So, well, um, if you know Bruges, it's forty kilometers ah. below. Okay, just below Bruges. Yeah, and yeah. then you ha- you have another forty kilometers to reach Westerbleten on the west side. Got it. Okay. Do you know where? Well, Lille like is? you said, everything is it's two hundred miles across yeah. either way, so it's not too bad to it's, get anywhere. It's like twenty kilometers from France. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh right. Like, like it's about most, like yeah, most of Belgium. Straight north yeah. is. Uh, <laughs> Right, like everything else in Belgium. It's just yeah, yeah, well, near France. Uh, it's like close to Holland, close, close to uh, yeah. France, or close to Germany. Okay. Or Luxembourg. Very so. Oh, great. Or it's easy to get to. Yeah, or the sea. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. When are you going back, Mike? Uh, hopefully soon. Yeah? yeah. No, no plans yet? But no hard plans yet. Okay. I yeah. think we're going to have to get over there and brew some, 
Some yeah. more beer soon. Okay. Well, I've got your triple in my glass uh, because I wanted another one. It's a wonderful beer. It's amazing. I've never seen Justin drink a, a more <laughs> yeah. one Belgian, let alone two in a row. Again, two in a row. Sour. I like it's it. Amazing. I do like it. So I got that in my glass, and then I've got uh, the Tasty Session IPA brewed from Outland uh, Brewing Company. Now Outland uh, currently is contract brewing. Uh, they had a tiny brewery, uh, almost a home brewery, really, but just a slightly bigger. But the demand for their beer actually skyrocketed pretty quickly, so they started uh, contract brewing. They're in the process of finding a brewery location of their own right now. And uh, I had a few beers from Outland while I was there. I had Tasty. I had uh, wet, They have a West Coast IPA. All their labels are really cool, by the way. And then they have a beer uh, called, which is it's just listed as an amber, but it's a hoppy amber beer. It's, uh, it's called Line 6. It's named after one of the metro lines huh? in, in Paris. So, Tasty, is this the first you're trying of, of – I know you worked yeah. on this recipe with well, them. Well, yeah, yeah, you know, over uh, the, the web, we uh, collaborated on the recipe. Okay. Which is basically the, my Tasty uh, – Pale ale recipe. It's your pale ale. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and this is the first time you're trying it, though. First time I've ever had the beer right here. Just you had seen the label before, though. Sure. He sent me the label and showed me pictures of the the beer on the shelf and stuff like that. Cool. Yeah. And now, of course, the beer is literally called Tasty. It says it on the label, yeah, and then it's got, it's got uh, his little uh, little Tasty logo on it. Yeah. Tasty logo going there. Yeah. yeah. It's the uh, the silhouette. Yeah. Of Tasty, and there's like I wonder did they purposely Tasty do a sort of a California theme? There's like the the sun from 1980s oh, California absolutely. license plates here. Absolutely. That's yeah. their deal, yeah. yeah. So what do you cool. think, Taste? Uh, it tastes good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I like it. It's a little, uh, you know, I might have a... <laughs> never mind. Something going on with it? I might have a little uh, DMS, maybe. I don't know. A little but DMS, I, you think? Know, what do you think? So uh, you would know, you would know that this was not your homebrewed taste? Like if you tried it, you would say, oh, this is, I didn't brew this. This is not my homebrew. It's a little drier than mine. Mine would have a little bit more uh, malt backbone. Uh, what's the ABV on this, uh, Coon? I think it says 3.9, right? 3.9? Yeah, I think, I think that sounds about right. I think my pails went a little bit bigger than that. Uh, that'd be more like my session beer This uh, at 3.9. So at 3.9, uh, I like it. It's good. A little DMS. I'll give you that. Yeah. But nothing. It's one of the best beers I had in France. I can see where you'd say that. This is a good beer. Yeah. Yeah, I can see it uh, standing out. I think Does, the hops are already dropping. Yeah, I was going to say, did it taste like this? And what are the well, differences? Well, so this one I didn't get straight from Yen. I got this off the shelf of a beer shop hmm. uh, because he Yen's out of beer. He can't keep this beer. He cannot. It's gone before they make it, hmm. which is very cool. Um, so I don't know how long this particular one sat on the on the shelf. It doesn't seem too old. It doesn't uh, seem too hoppy either, though, and it no. shocked me that this well, be, would a be a tasty beer. I yeah. think it's in balance for its ABV. I don't think it's. Uh, it doesn't taste out of balance. I yeah. think it was if it was hoppy, it would taste out of balance. But I would—that's how I would picture this beer tasting—is on the hoppy side. Yeah, I like it. I could drink about six of these. Yeah, it's very sessionable. I like it. Yeah, wow. it's got that going for it. Well, yeah. Outland is looking to open their own brewery. Uh, this it's their recipes and their labels right now. They're contract brewing, but um, hopefully by 2015, they say huh? they'll have their own brewery. Well, Yan has quit it. his job as a teacher. And is going really? full time brewery now. So he's got a rich girlfriend. You're saying no? Uh, he does not. The it's a One weird. With a job. It is. A, he does have a girlfriend with a job. She's right. also a teacher. Huh. Um, I guess what he did was he saved up two years worth of mortgage or rent or whatever, Saving. and he's well, taking he's out some yeah, and he's taking out some loans to open the brewery. 
um, and he's just going for it. The thing, uh, the the French uh, occupational system is interesting. He's allowed to leave as a teacher for two years. Now, he can't quit. If he were to quit, if he wanted to go back as a teacher, like if everything failed, he'd have to go through school again. He would what? literally have to go through the whole thing again and become recertified as a teacher if he were to quit. Just a short course, not like the whole... Like, no, he'd rip- have to do the whole certification program again. So not the general ed, but the thing at the end. The last like three, four courses or a long. No, it's a long... It would be two years of school. Wow. Okay. So he didn't quit. He left. He took a leave of absence. It's a sabbatical or something. If you do that, you don't get paid, of course, but right. you have two years... Huh? And if in two years the brewery doesn't work, he can go back to his old teaching gig. I, see. I think if he keeps it up, he's going to make it. He's going to do fine, and he won't have to go to his back to his teaching gig. Are teachers paid uh, really really well there, or is it like no? There? Oh, so. They're not paid really well. They're paid okay. Yeah. Uh, they're taken care of very well. You get you know you get good amount of vacation time. There's health care. Uh, so far, it um, sounds like here. You know, yeah, it's a. Uh, actually, it is pretty similar to here. Their teaching program is pretty similar to here, hmm. uh, with the exception of the fact that here, if you left for two years, you were you would have just been quitting your job, right. and then you'd apply for a job again. There, if he were to quit, he couldn't go back to it. It's a weird thing; they have hmm. to hold on to you in some weird way. Hmm. Um, anyhow, he's going for it, Tasty. Right, he's opening the yeah, brewery. two years to uh, yeah. say go or no go. Why don't we open this one, too? Now, this other uh, beer is from a, a French brewery called Salive, and I did not meet them. I don't know them. I was talked to about them quite a bit. Uh, yeah. S-A-L-E-V-E. Oh, not Salive. Not Salive. Salive. And I'm probably not even saying it right. Of course is you aren't. You can't speak Kun? French. Is there another way to say it? No, it's the same. It's the same, same. yeah. <laughs> uh, it's the same. So, Salive. And uh, I was told by a, a few different French people that, it's the, that they think it's one of the best breweries uh, in the country. Um I had two or three of their beers. I think I have another one to share with you guys in another show. It's at home. Um, Pretty nice tonight. But I like their beer. I think they did a good job. And not everybody there is. So it, it's, it's worth noting who's doing a good job. Well, how would you do as a brewer in Paris? Frankly, I might have ended up being one of the best home brewers in Paris, <laughs> which is a sad state of affairs, isn't it? Um, it's changing a lot. Uh, you know, I, five years ago, it was I, I didn't find a single good beer, and now I, I found several good beers. So uh, it's like every uh, burgeoning uh, beer scene, I think, really. Hey, it had, takes a little bit of time. The question had to be asked. Yeah, yeah. The question really is going to be, how does this beer taste compared to how it tasted when you were there? Well, yeah. All right, I haven't tasted it yet. I mean, I brought it straight. Okay, so this is their uh, Nelson Savin uh, IPA. Right, Nelson being the the type of hop, um, it's a pretty unique hop. So I think you have to start by liking the Nelson already. <laughs> Starting to like the Nelson. What do you guys think? Oh, it smells like Nelson. Shoebros and uh, and Kuhn. But I have no allegiance to any of these breweries, so don't feel like you can't say what you feel about the beer. It reminds yeah. me more of a of a saison than of an IPA. Mm. Yeah, I'll give it that. Yeah. Okay, now, so an IPA, what are the limits? IPA is going to either be English or American? I mean, those other... Well, to the French, they don't really give a shit. So. I, what about, <laughs> what is, is, is the Belgian IPA a real style? Or is it just a stronger a Belgian beer? Well, I don't think... That, uh, 
A Belgian, I, I would call a Belgian IPA style if you're asking right. me. Right, I don't think this is a Belgian no. IPA. This is a French. It's a French IPA. I suppose. French yeast, right? Yeah. I, French I, you yeast. know, I'm thinking step mash would have made this even better. <laughs> <laughs> Should have stepped up the mash. Oh yeah. I like this beer. It's a bit. Um, as as Nicole would say, it's got a little lemon zesty zing to it. Yeah, uh, lemony zesty zing. Does it taste like it did when you were there, though? It's worth saying. I didn't have it when I was there. Oh, you did? Okay. No, I had oh. different salive when okay. I was there. You you brought us the best of the best, or you I, just brought us some stuff? I brought you what was available. <laughs> he this, brought us what he didn't drink when he was there. I brought you what was available. This is another brewery that they that they can't keep it on the shelf. Uh, it sells out. So it was the last. Now they're small batches too. Keep that in mind. It's not like they're brewing thirty barrels and then they can't keep it on the shelf. <laughs> they're uh, it, often they're seven barrel brew systems and they can't. Keep so it the last day when you're running around, I got to bring shit back. And yeah, you're, you're running around going. I went to Simone's beer shop and actually he didn't even have it on the shelf. He gave me the last two of his personal stash of this. Oh, one. you didn't have to run through so, Safeway uh, and grab what they had. Safeway, whatever they have in <laughs> Safeway. If you go to Safeway, you get. Uh, Cronenberg and some other shitty beer. I don't know. Uh, they're Budweiser. <laughs> yeah. Both of them are their Budweisers. No, nobody likes this one, huh? Well, you're putting words in our mouth. I'm asking you right uh, now. Answer the question. Jesus. Anybody like it? Thanks for bringing Everyone's it. going for the fourth <laughs> taste. <laughs> I like yeah. it. It's all right. I don't, you know. It has an interesting honey nose to it. Mm. Yeah. The initial hit on the nose is honey. Thank it's almost you. like a clover honey. Thank, yeah. you, thank you for bringing it all the way that's from a, France. That's a clean so you don't beer. like it, Doc? Just I speak did. plain English. I wish I was there drinking it with you. You can't answer the question. No. <laughs> Tasty, what do you think? I, I like it. It's it's a fair it's really, you know, pretty clean. Uh has a little bit of a, a yeasty character to it. I think it's yeah. probably in the cloudiness. Uh, but yeah, it's good beer. What don't you like, Doc? Um it's it's kind of cloying and it's honey like. You get the honey thing too. Yeah, yeah. Um, you don't think that super um, that that bitter that hop bite cuts that honey because this doesn't taste cloying to me at all because there's that that big hop character kind of overwhelms. If this, it. If, if this was a home brewer, we'd be having a sidebar mm. over there. <laughs> you'd you'd want to talk to him about his process yeah. or something. Oh, definitely. Okay. So you think this is a fundamentals issue? Yeah. All right. Definitely. It, it's no. It, it Tasty says it's it's clean. It's drinkable. Thank you for bringing it all the way from France. <laughs> what a dick, Coon. Do you uh, Coon? Do you know this brewery? No. No. So you can say what you feel. No, he, he, he wouldn't admit it if he did. Yeah. I don't know any French small breweries. No, no, except yeah. he doesn't know any French people. <laughs> I, oh, I, I know a lot of French uh, wineries. So. Oh yeah. See? You must. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I think it's a good beer. I don't have the problems with it. Everybody else does. I think it, it is a little. I get that honey thing now that he pointed out. I was thinking lemony before, but I guess it's a bit of both. I think a lot of it is the Nelson hops too. Um, I don't know if I can pick out what else is going on in there. Mm. It doesn't seem like a process problem. It seems like maybe a recipe problem. But if someone could point out a process problem to me, I'd be happy to know what it is. He didn't if I knew what style they were, you, would you say what style it is? It just it? says Nelson Savine IPA. It's an IPA. Okay, so it's an IPA. Yeah. yeah. Um, sure. It's, it's like IPA. pulling teeth right now, trying to figure out what's, what's going well, on with this beer. It's, it's, 
Sorry, Tasty. ABV seems uh, a little like low for an idea. Yeah, could be. Which, which the got, balance is there. Set of glasses? Would you change your glasses every month? Uh, I'm so I'm going blind, Tasty. Oh, you just what? came back from France. Actually, I saw those glasses. <laughs> I, I saw the glasses sitting there. I was wondering if you could actually put them on. I don't see the ABV anywhere. Actually, sure. uh, so. oh, here it is. Six uh, percent. Uh. Right in there. Just there. Yeah. Five point nine. It would uh. have been a pale. I find it interesting that no one really likes it, but no one can actually say what's wrong with it. Yeah, that's why I'm. That's why I keep. There's nothing poking wrong with it. at you. There's guys. nothing wrong with it. Yeah. That's what I'd say. So maybe I it see. is just the Nelson the, Hop. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. it's, just, it's just not a great. You know, it's there's not nothing a, wrong. It's not a great recipe. IPA. There's yeah. nothing wrong. It's just with not it. a great. We're so spoiled here. That's, that's what I'm trying to. It. That's all I'm trying there's to get. Nothing at. wrong. You're asking the wrong guys. There's nothing right with it. All right, let's try this one. Now this is the Italian beer, Antonia. Uh, I'll tell you, the 680 IPA is far, far better. I have to say that. Oh, that's a great beer. It's a great beer. Delicious. This is Antonia Barrel-Aged. It's from Bira del Borgo. I'm probably saying that wrong, of course, as I normally do. You're supposed to. Excuse me. Um, Now, this one, I haven't had any of the beers from the brewery. I didn't have... could not find it in Italy. I bought this in France. It was recommended to me as a uh, as a good Italian beer example. So I grabbed it. I brought uh, two bottles, uh, both of different kinds. I just grabbed this one for you guys because it was barrel aged. I thought maybe we'd like it because it's barrel aged. We'll see. This is a big boy. ABV eleven point two. Is that what it says on there? Yep. Oh, great. Yep, eleven point two percent. Imperial. It's a Listed basically as a barrel-aged imperial IPA of Italian descent. Hmm. So you said you didn't have this one either. You just got this for the trip? Yeah. yeah. No, I just grabbed on my way out, after having nothing but bad Italian beer, I went back to the beer shop in, in France to Simone, and I said, hey, I hear all this stuff about good Italian beer. Can you, can you send me home with some? I'd like to try one because I haven't had one yet. <laughs> and, uh, and this is what he sent me home with this one and another uh, another bottle. So, well, it doesn't smell like hops. No, not at all. No, it like no, it, it's not. No, that's not the smell I'm getting. <laughs> it's a similar smell. <laughs> uh, some some no. lactic stuff. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. a little Look, lactic, a little cheesy. Sour. Even well, it looks like it's a barrel aged Calvados, like, like Justin's toes. Yes. So I guess Calvados barrels. Yeah, maybe. I think so. Yeah. What, what is that? Yeah, this is a, is a wine fermentation. Barrel? It's an apple. Apple barrel, like apple, uh, apple brandy, yeah, apple, apple brandy. jack, apple brandy, yeah, huh? Yeah, wouldn't that impart apple flavors in right, which is not okay. desirable? It smells a little bit like apple pie. I'll give it that. But do you want it to smell like apple pie? No. no, ananas. I haven't tasted it yet. Well, we're not sure yet. Hmm? Ananas, a pine- pineapple. Ananas. Oh yeah, this pineapple. Pineapple. Ah. Yes. <laughs> Kuhn is making uh, gestures with his hands like, like a stem is growing out of his head. Kuhn, your charade is better than your English when you do that. So it has palm tree in it? Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah. Uh, with a well, a lot of A lot of pineapple. Yeah, yeah, now that you say that. Melon? I can see that from the Calvados barrel. I kind of like this beer, too. But I wouldn't call like it an imperial one. IPA. No, I would never guess that. Fuck no. I don't know what I'd call it. Oh, no, no. no. Did it say it was an imperial IPA? Yeah. 
That's what it's listed because it is. It's an eleven percent beer. You don't taste the alcohol in it. No, no, you don't. Mm. A lot of other things, but instead you taste a pineapple. Yeah, it's like it's like a Belgian golden strong without the Belgian yeast. Yeah, it's sweeter. No, Ooh. it's no. very. It's I'm trying. I'm, I'm very sweet. Grasping that's, that's is strong. Alcohol exactly. is, is mocked to the sweetness. Yeah. Oh my! It's very very sweet. It's a dessert beer. Mm-hmm. It's perfect in the tiny glasses that we're having. Yes. You have a little a couple sips of it for dessert. Yeah, my glasses are quite tiny. I wouldn't want a pint. <laughs> By the way, it came in a, a, a small, uh, a tiny little bottle, too. So it's a, basically a 12-ounce beer in a fancy bottle. Uh, the Italians like to do things fancy. Yeah, it's a cute bottle. I like it. Yeah. I don't know. It's all right. It yeah, was, it's just sweet because it could be hoppier is what's uh, going on with it, I think. It's just underhopped. I wonder if it had been sitting around for a long time or if it's well, just underhopped in general. Well, it's, you said it's barrel-aged. So yeah. don't the hops drop out in the barrel then? Yeah. yeah. How, how, how could they not? No, they is that, yeah. I mean, would you, would you barrel-age a double IPA at, your, at either of your breweries? Unless you, you finish it. You know, you're using a, you know, dry hops in the bright tank. Right. Let it sit on some hops for a couple uh, days. I do think people do. To answer your question, it happens. People barrel age double IPAs. Yeah, but they hop it's not on the, the back best end. decision. Or yeah, you either hop in the back end, right. or you're expecting it to drop out. Right, you know those right. barley wines we get all the time that I say, well, that's a double IPA. Yes. Well, if they age that, it turns into this. Yeah, yeah. the hops disappear. And um. You happy about this one too, Doc? Oh, look at the look on his face. No. Um, it's like I'm, I'm mixing tigers and lions and penguins. <laughs> what? It, it, nothing goes together in this thing. I see. It, it's, it's, it's not bad, but... <laughs> but it's not good? I think oh, it, 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 it's, it's like... I'm, I, it's like hearts, it also has a champagne it's, it's got this hearts, hearts of palm kind of taste to it. It's, I don't even know what those are. Well, it's, it's, a, it's a sweet but kind of a thick mouthfeel okay. kind of thing. Yeah. I think it would combine very well with creme brulee. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Dessert beer. It would, it's, it's, it would it's, elevate the beer better. Yeah. It get it better. This there's, is a thing that you nothing. also do, Kuhn, is food and beer pairings, yeah. right? Yeah, I teach yeah. it. Uh, it's, it's, it's not a bad beer. It's just, when you expect, it's just weird. It is weird. It, yeah. So in, in it's when interesting you, when to combine it. You want yeah. to pair it with something like creme brulee? It'd be oh, good. Yeah. It'd be, yeah. Where do you do your beer and food pairings? Like as a, a course a, or something? Yeah, it's a adult education program. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called Sintra, uh, and it's quite intense. So okay. it's, it's part of the education program for the Zytologists. Okay. Yeah. Got so, it. Uh, it's a long way. They, have, they are tortured with food and beer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds fantastic. <laughs> All right, well, that's what I brought. Uh, I brought some other things, too, that I'll bring in next time. Maybe it'll be just as awesome. <laughs> and you said this was, uh, this was in lieu of the Cantillon? Uh, yeah, well, because uh, why bring back the same things all the time? Uh, we got to try some new things. <laughs> this coming from the guy who orders nothing but Pale 31 at his own beer bar because yeah. you stick with what you know. But if I'm going to, but the, the Cantillon I found, we get all of it here now. There, I did not see a new Cantillon. Hmm. Uh, if I had seen a new Cantillon, I would have brought it home. But I didn't. So I thought, well, let's bring home stuff that I know we haven't tried before. Well, this is yeah. not bad beer. It's just, it's this beer. <laughs> <laughs> and well, that's it, a weird... It, it, it is out there. Yeah. On the fringe. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, I get no bad taste. I get no diacetyl. I get no 
off flavors, no bad stuff. It's like which is better than all the other Italian beer I had. Yeah, so it's not, it's not that. It's just yeah. And you came up with an awesome thing. It's like let's let's pair it with food. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Definitely needs food. Well, here's what I find interesting about the whole process of trying uh, beer in Europe that are based on American styles. Because all the beer that we tried were listed as American styles, right? I think uh-huh. that, I think that Europeans are excited about American styles of beer, and they they've tried it. They know what it tastes like, and they're just giving it a shot. And I find that fascinating, and I think it's fun. So a lot of the beers that I was trying when I was in France and Italy were all listed as um, American-style beers, some of them as pale ales, some of them as amber ales, some of them as IPAs. They often did not fit. In fact, they never fit the BJCP style guidelines that we're used to. But I think it's cool that they're just, it's kind of their interpretation on it. And sometimes they were, it was a total failure. Yeah. And sometimes, like these, I think, they were not a failure. They're just nothing that you would think of as a double IPA right. or an IPA. Exactly. But I think it's still pretty cool. We're influencing people uh, about trying new beers, and they're giving it a go. And uh, there are other uh, obstacles that they face, too. I got to talk to the brewers about that. For one, finding fresh hops. Um, they do get American hops. But who knows what state they're in by the time they get them. And so I found that kind of interesting. Um, and then, uh, like you found, Mike, um, sometimes they're having to use uh, Belgian um, malts, but they're trying to do American-style IPAs, for example. Right. So they've got these other malts, and then maybe they got American hops, and they're putting these two together. It's not the same. Exactly. And I, I think part of it, too, is some of the expectations. They're getting American beers that are trucked across the u.s yes they're put on a boat yes they're sitting on a dock in europe for a couple weeks right they go they don't have the refrigeration that we do here yeah everything all the beer is warm stored they don't even have electricity i don't think barely (laughs) no No, but this is a good point you made i think it's expectations and it's the beer i mean we had some american hoppy beers over there yeah and they were all oxidized interesting i never even thought about that so when you so think about that for a second really put it into perspective because if you're a brewer um who's never had fresh american ipa sure but you've had american ipa delivered over there maybe that's exactly maybe you produced exactly what you tasted no kidding like it just racer i'm just throwing this out there uh because it's not a real example but a racer five round racer five in paris is Is this beer where you might go hey where the fuck did the hops go did you try one in paris Uh, i didn't that's i'm just throwing it out there but but these are some of the beers they can get so maybe they really are emulating the fucking beer they had (laughs) you should come here dude hey justin well and come try yeah agreed and so that's why i like bringing them beer so i brought two suitcases full of beer there a fresh 22 ounce bottle. i only brought ipa because that's what they're interested in i brought a shitload of ipa and every time you could see the look on their faces going did did you give any how did they do that where are those hops from anything to the italians I didn't meet any Italian brewers. Oh, because well, that's yeah. why you got shitty Italian brewers. I didn't meet any Italian <laughs> brewers. I was doing the tourist thing when I, by the time I got to Italy. So In France, I do the local thing, but the, yeah, I did the tourist thing. So. so suitcase. But it's a good point that you make, Mike, because maybe they're just, you know, in some cases, emulating it. Well, it, they don't add more hops because they're not tasting more hops. Yeah. Uh, and then it's warm store, too. Although, Kuhn, you're right. Then come over here and taste fresh beer. Well, yeah. that was a good point that Mike um, gave out. Like, in the brewery Golden Sport, we are installing now a, a cool cell. Oh, mm. uh, yeah. 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 They had some nice hops sitting out. 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> Got to keep those things cold. <clears throat> well, and at the... Sitting out. By the way, at the beer bars, too, which I, I gave a lot of props to in the beginning, a lot of respect, they, I, I do think they're doing great things with beer. The traditional uh, draft system, in France anyway, is just that the beer is in the basement and it's pumped up. It's not. There's no cold box in the basement. Yeah. It goes through a... Um, a cooler, a serpentine. Thank you. Yeah. Um, is, so it's that cold. Is, that is changing. But the beer's not kept cold. Is it? It's changing, yeah. And that's a good... Uh, I do know that they were aware of it. If, mm. we, we talked about it and... They are building like new uh, cooling systems, but the problem is it can only contain like 20 liters. And for uh, some beers, they produce it uh, in like 50 liter yeah. things. But that mostly is for Pilsner, so... Uh, it's not important. Yeah, the three point five hectoliters. But that, but that'll change things too. Is yeah. you know because American beers have to be stored cold. I mean, it's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, I find the whole process fascinating. To me, it's like looking at two different periods of time at once. Right, I'm tasting beer here, and uh, it wasn't all that long ago that our beer here kind of sucked too and we weren't doing ipas right and and we didn't know how to do it and so going over there it's it's a bit like stepping back in time people are excited about beer and they're trying to figure it out and some of it's good and some of it sucks and that's how we are too or at at least it's how we were yeah uh i I just think it's fun and we still look at europe with great admiration too absolutely you know look at all the belgian beers the sours no, no, yeah, we're trying to make those beers too. And here. we try to make them here. Yeah, yeah that's absolutely. exactly that, right. I wonder how we're doing. Wee, wee stuff. It's yeah. wee. <laughs> right? It's back to wee. <laughs> when the cleaning's been done. It's <laughs> then we should use multiple mashing steps. <laughs> you know? Buy me a multiple step mash ton. <laughs> and I'll tell you what. The euro the... is strong now. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, yeah. I you gained 30 cents. I will ship yeah. it in a cooler. <laughs> Well, we'll with our Belgian styles and our sour beers, yes, there are a handful of breweries that are getting very, very good at it. In fact, on the world stage, right? Yeah. But there's still so many more that are still figuring it out. So it's kind of the same thing. We're, we're figuring yeah. out the Belgian beers, and, and, and over there, they're figuring out our hoppy beer. I think about the sour stuff, it's, it takes a long time, and yeah. probably most brewers are not patient enough. No, most Americans in general yeah. are not yeah. patient enough. <laughs> we want things now. Yeah. Uh, no, you're, I think you're right about that. In fact, we've done some great interviews about brewers talking about how they make sour beers faster. You know, how they... Yeah, why uh, would you do that? I, I know. <laughs> a good uh, question. Uh, but, but people talk about it. Because patient. we're American, that's why. Patience. Bigger, Patience. bigger, bigger no, faster, better. No history. No history, yeah. It's bigger, <laughs> fa- bigger, faster. Our history is Burning Man. Well. That's, we have. <laughs> that's the longest yeah, history that's we also have. also my history. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. With America, right? Our old stuff is your new stuff. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Well, that was fun. Let me do this real quick. I'm going to get through our feedback. Yay. And then we'll take a break. I know you guys got to get out of here. So if you got another couple minutes for me to do feedback with you, uh, we'll take a break. I I got some food for you coming, too. If you can chow down on your way out of here. Looking forward to it. All right, let's do the feedback. Feedback's brought to you today by our good friend uh, John over at the Beer Law Center. You can go to beerlawcenter.com, and he's the guy who takes care of our trademark. Our hop grenade is being taken all the time. In fact, I saw a French brewery while I was out there that uh, apparently Another one, huh? had made some T-shirts with our hop grenade on it, uh, and they knew about us. You didn't punch anybody They're out, fans. They Yan had brought over, he, he wore his shirt over there, and they were like, and they go, Hey, that's fucking cool. And then he goes back six months later, they and they got shirts. <laughs> so it's Walkers. Ian's fault. 
But uh, much, yeah, yeah. he should have a, a cease and desist <laughs> right on his shirt. Seriously. Yeah. But our good friend John over at Beer Law Center, he'll take care of your trademark. Uh, it's getting important as the uh, as the market gets uh, kind of busy. Um, BeerLawCenter.com. Go check it out. Coon, don't let us find out that there's uh, a uh, a new hop grenade uh, Belgian dark strong coming out of your brewery. Please. <laughs> no, no, yeah. Well, let's work together then. Uh, there you yeah, go. We, That's we all I ask. Yeah. <laughs> let's use that word, we. <laughs> All right, Andrew writes in, Hey, my wife and I are in the process of moving to San Diego from Seattle. Uh, we just put our place in the market. And sure enough, our agent informed us uh, the kegerator was quite a conversation piece. I thought it was kind of a joke until I found it listed um, in an appliance as an appliance including in our oh, offer. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, so now nice. I'm torn as to how to counteroffer. Let this be a lesson to everyone. Don't spend money on staging. Just listen to the Brewing Network. Build a sweet kegerator and put it in the middle of your house with pint glasses uh, on open house day. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Or, or, you know, that's a good point. It's that, honey, I gotta have this place. Yeah, because usually, you know, it's, oh, the, the kitchen is just right or whatever. Just throw a fucking kegerator in. Well, it, they always say, what's staying, what's going? Yeah. And you gotta list everything? Yeah. And when the husband... If the kegerator stays. Says, you know, you can build another kegerator. Yeah. Lose the house. All well, right, Andrew. Thanks for the for the note. And to give he asked for advice, I think, like, I don't know how to counter. I would say counter and include beer. Like, add another five grand. <laughs> ask for another five <laughs> and grand. Leave a, and leave and a include the kegerator and a case of your, of your, you know, whatever. I'm sure you're barrel aging something, right? Not a bad idea. All right, uh, Chris writes in from Colfax, California. A couple of years ago, a listener suggested that the upcoming schedule for the session be posted on the website. You said, sure, no problem. I don't think that ever happened from Chris. It did happen. Uh, yeah. I haven't updated it for September, but if you look in the, uh, the bottom left corner, the show schedule, I, I have been keeping up with that, although not in the last week. So it's possible that he looked on September 3 okay. and fired off an angry email. There you go. But uh, but normally yes, and also I mean it's like a, it's a lot of other places too, right? You can find it on um, the Hop Grenades webpage. Does live stream do a, a, a future shows or just current? It does, but I don't keep up on. Can that. you oh, make it for uh, easy yeah. for us dummies? Okay, it's I, on the yes. bottom left of the homepage every time, and it yes. says schedule. Yes. Oh, good because I just go off of your calendar because I'm on your. Calendar. That's about as easy. Get, but I it know. says on the homepage if you scroll down, it says schedule. That's it. <laughs> okay. Okay, fine. I don't know. And how to then, uh, it's under the thing. Can you download it right into their... <laughs> People want it like tattooed to the back of their eyelids. Well, they, no. They, they fall want, asleep they like click, this, and they're like, oh, a, there's a show. Click a button, <laughs> and it goes just right into their calendar. Yeah. Well, sure. I'll get right should. All right, Jeremy writes in, hey to the BN, a longtime listener and home brewer. Um, the BN has been the best source uh, for up-to-date and accurate information about brewing. After three years of home brewing, the opportunity to go pro presented itself, and I jumped at it. Uh, three friends and I opened our brewery in Richmond, Virginia, back in April of 2014, and yesterday we took home three medals, uh, two silvers and a bronze, out of the four beers we entered in the statewide Virginia Craft Brewers Fest. Good job. Yeah. Uh, the BN's, uh, without a doubt, been a huge reason for our early success, uh, success in the competition from Jeremy. Well, congrats, man. Thanks for listening. Uh, all right, let's see. Scott writes in, Hey, Brewcasters, just a quick thank you for the fantastic flaming lawn darts full of brewing knowledge you've chucked <laughs> across the Internet over the years. All right. Uh, information provided by your shows, et cetera, et cetera, has been really good. Um since I'm apparently a brewmaster now, I've quit my job, remortgaged my house, and cashed out my retirement. 
retirement uh, and the kids' college savings Ouch. to set up my own craft brewery. Unfortunately, I'm still about $1 million and 12 recipes shy and have no business plan. Oh. I'm sure, uh, though, that the unsolicited checks from investors will arrive soon and provide the funds I need uh, to casually finish planning this venture. Thanks for giving me the courage to leverage my family's future to pursue my marginally considered week-long dream, the BN Rocks. Uh, I don't know what most of that means other than you probably shouldn't have done it. Well, um, send me an email. I will send you recipes. Okay. Well, so and don't. Doc I, I, I'm not helping any farther than that. I will yeah. send you recipes. Don't worry about the kids' uh, college uh, fund either. Uh, college is just a waste. So that's probably a good thing. Everything else, though, at the house, right. maybe should have hung on to that. Yeah. Here's now, a drunken one from an Australian. Follow your dream. Sent from my iPad says, I just, period, started listening. I'm from Aussie Down Neuter. <laughs> I'm a brewer. Give me a shout out, Andrew Kerr. There you go. Drunk, hey, Andrew. Drunk in Australia. Yo. Uh, hey, Justin. Thanks for the hours of infotainment uh, the last years. I've been a podcast listener since January. Currently catching up in the old episodes. A lot of fun. Quality homebrewing info. I uh, just became a recurring donor. Thank you for that. Um, so it came out uh, expensive to buy merch. I think he's. Oh, he's from Norway. I wanted the merch ship to Norway. But not Finland. He bought a onesie for his spawn. Cost thirteen ninety five To get to Norway, $30. Oh, man. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about with the shipping. Uh, he bought a hoodie, originally $40. 86 bucks to get it to Norway. Wow. Two you know, t-shirts, originally uh, two times $18.95. $82 to get to Norway. Uh, Ouch. He says, the reason, first I pay U.S. tax and shipping, then I pay Norwegian VAT as the package goes through customs, uh, which is a total of 199 bucks. Anyway, he still loves it and says thanks. Uh, so it's not even the transportation and the, the ships and everything. It's the, it's the taxes on both ends? Well, part of it is our, uh, the biggest part is our shipping fee. If you buy a T-shirt for fucking 18 bucks, I think our store charges you almost $30 to ship it. So there, so that's part. But then, yeah, then it's VAT on top of it. So right, okay. So it would be mostly. Re- I mean, because it doesn't seem unreasonable to you know the onesie. It's still more than the onesie cost, but thirty bucks for a onesie shipped to your door across the globe. That doesn't seem that bad to me. The that onesie, seems reasonable. You know how much fabric is in a onesie? It's like your collar, <laughs> right? <laughs> I, I know it's like twelve cents worth of material. But, yeah, yeah. You know, you got to pay a, a donkey to walk it all the way to Norway, right? right? I mean, that doesn't just like when you send a letter. It's not forty-two cents is reasonable, <laughs> isn't it? I guess, but hell yes. Well, first we paid a, a an eight-year-old in China to make it, and then, <laughs> and then it got delivered to his family, and then it got delivered to us, right? And then, yeah, I don't know. It's just expensive. It should be shipped from China. It should be just shipped <laughs> yeah, direct from China. Yeah. yeah. Well, By just, an eight-year-old. I think the the moral is just get rid of all your other shirts and just buy more. So right, it's know, probably shipping. Cheap. You buy, save on yeah, shipping exactly. Buy in bulk. Yeah. It's probably cheaper to have the Chinese kid wear it and just fly him over to <laughs> wherever it's going. Buy him a plane ticket. Fly the kid yeah. to deliver it. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. You can buy a plane ticket for like eight hundred bucks. Yeah, and then just you know, three t-shirts, four pairs of shoes. Yeah, and the kid gets a new home while he's at it. Yeah, it's better than China. A new working place. And 
Good makes a good point. He can wear multiple pairs of pants and shirts. <laughs> oh, to look like an adult. Yeah, right. The more clothes he wears, the yeah. bigger he gets. And then he, he, can, and then he can work here. Yes, that's right. As long as he passes for, what, 15, yes. he can well, work here. Or a little person. Yeah, that's right. So there's no solution, though, right? If you live in, you know, Norway... You just got to pay or, or not have the As of now, there's no solution. In fact, there are certain items that we won't even do uh, international shipping on, like our growlers, which are pretty badass. They're just too bulky. They're not heavy. It's aluminum. Um, oh, no, it's stainless. Sorry. But they're still uh, super light. Uh, it's too expensive. What was, his, what was his name? This guy? Yeah. I don't know. I moved on. Can you ship them from France when you go there again? Uh, no. Did you give them... Gift them to Jan, and he could ship them. There's no name. All right. Well, whatever your name is, just you got to come to the uh, uh, the hop grenade. Yeah. You got to uh, make a visit to California. Oh, well, and then you can buy everything you want. And this is why, for Australians, our trip to Australia is, is such a big deal with our Indiegogo campaign because we're just putting the shit in our ba- ah. in our suitcases. So, yeah. So by the way, tasty with that uh, with that flight that you got. Yeah. You, you're you're lugging shit. You're muling. Uh, he's, he's muling. You're what, muling. What do I have to bring? We're all muling. You know, I, do, I do get another bag. It looks like so. we're all muling BN merch okay, over fine. for the Indiegogo campaign. But I'll, bring, I'll bring my bag over. You fill it up. Yeah. Forget the bag. No, yeah. you got to keister it. Yeah. <laughs> we're not. We're not. We're not paying for check bags. Yeah. Tasty. You gotta. It's you know. You gotta. It's only the growlers <laughs> up his bum. <laughs> yeah. No. You'll be fine. No, right. Oh yeah. No, don't worry. <laughs> Don't worry. It's probably, yeah. It'll probably work. Don't worry. Tacey's going to end up on Locked Up Abroad. <laughs> <laughs> My kids are going to go, is that you know, tasty? Our, we got a buddy who works for Qantas, you know, Brandon. Uh, shh, shh, shh. I don't think oh. he wants everyone to know that. Oh, I see. We do, but I don't think... He said he could help us a little, but... Not that much. Not that much. No. We're going to give you the growler full of cocaine and weed. Tasty. I'm going to run into that beagle at the other end, aren't I? <laughs> it's all right. It's stainless. It's sealed. It has that rubber. You're going to be fine. You're going to be good. I've been able to take chances. Here's how I calculate. I, I have my I, own contraband, of course. Well, I looked at the list of people going, and I was like, well, Tasty will spend the least amount of time in jail because he's going to die soon. Well, that's true. If they give me life, it's not that long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I was like, if, if we got to get Coke over there, we're sending it with Tasty. <laughs> True. <laughs> what if they do that thing where they give you multiple lifetimes? <laughs> right. You know, sometimes they'll do yeah. that That'd for be great. Re- really yeah. heinous yeah. crimes. Yeah. Then do, do, do we have to back him up? Is that what happens? Tasty <laughs> yeah. dies and they just call us. One of us goes Bring next. Him, like when the goalie takes a penalty, someone else has got to go serve, you know? Maybe so. Is it like uh, a version that you can be released after one third of your sentence? So that might be after maybe two years. Oh, uh, uh, that's true. Oh, Tasty be lucky to make it that far, though, Kuhn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Two years. You know, Tasty, one day when you do die, and I talk about every show, which is all right, but. And I'm at your funeral, and I want to say nice things. You can say, well, you you can if you want. Uh, You're not going to say nice. I will say, I will want to say nice things, but everyone in the audience who listens to the show is going to look at me and go, he's been telling the guy he's going to die for (laughs) for years now. He can't stand up there and say nice things. He's been an asshole. That's what you first got to explain. No, you can't have. After you stand up to go, you have to explain yourself. Okay. I have to go. So okay. listen, it's not was, that I say it was a stick. You know, <laughs> it was a stick. I They'll mean, be like my relatives going there, like this like, asshole. He's the, the ass. Yeah, he's the guy who kept saying he's going to die. That's. Uh, I'm going to feel terrible up there. Don't. Nah. I want you up there, by the way. I'm, okay. I demand it. <laughs> I'll give a good one for It'll you. It'll be like a, a beer fest with like thirty thousand people. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to be a funeral, right? Yeah, bunch of chicks. It's in my will that way. 
Oh yeah, cry, <laughs> a lot of crying chicks. That's gonna that's gonna be required. I'm gonna oh. have to do some consoling. I yes. think you have <laughs> crying a dress chicks code for all the women too. It'll be a lot of hugs. Write it in your will. So they're all just singing. You can't always get what you want. Right. Imagine all those chicks screaming, "Take me!" <laughs> Throwing themselves on the coffin. Why? Oh, wait a minute. Why you were <laughs> so young? <laughs> all right, Tasty. Well, I hope you don't die that soon. I hope not either. All right, let's go to break. Uh, feedbacks brought to you today by Beer Law Center. Guys, thanks for coming wait, to the wait, program. Wait, wait. I know um, you got to go. We got a phone call. Yeah, Jade and Roberto on the phone. The one is hot to shoe rose. Okay. Yeah. okay. Let's do it. Phone call for Michael from Shoe Bros. Jade and Roberto. What's happening, guys? Hey, how you doing? We're doing all right. What's happening? Doing well. Yeah, not much of it. We just we're on our way up to Yakima, and we're and we're at McMinimum Minimums in Bend. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, know the place. We've we've been doing so long. Hey, Mike, how you doing? Doing well, thank you. Good to hear from you. Awesome. Good, uh, good talking to you too. Good. Do you have a question, Jade, hey. or are you just hanging out with us? <laughs> You know, I'm I'm kind of like I'm kind of like just hanging out with Bear. So we got we got a call. Shubros is on. We got a call. And it's like okay, okay. Right. So she's just and hanging he's like, out. You know, we have to. Well, yeah, we are just kind of hanging out. I mean, I mean, you know, we got to tell you, I mean, Shubros, we love Shubros. We don't get over there as often as we should or want to. And Shubros, uh, Shubros did us did us a couple of favors a little while back. God love you, Mike. Happy to and, help. Uh, <laughs> and. Uh, and this, we love their beers. I love the Nico, and I'm not a wheat beer person. And, and I just oh, and the 680 IPA, yum yum. I haven't had the Nico. Of course, I had the 680 tonight, but I've never had the Nico. We'll have to change that. Yeah, that's your first one. You said that was our first beer. Yeah. Okay, it's wheat with rye. Correct. Interesting. Yeah, it's named after my daughter. What color is it? It's a nice golden color. Okay, it's a filtered American beer. So you have it's that. American wheat style beer, but then it has that rye that just adds a little more dimension to the beer. Okay, so it has how, that spicy dry. How much so. rye percentage wise? It's about ten, just enough to get a little spice. Enough to balance out the wheat. You know, really trying to just make balance in my beer, even things out. It's the, the sharp versus the softness. Yeah, and it's it's interesting as go along. I'll. I'll play with different ryes and see how they change and it's it's actually interesting looking at you know the american grown rye versus an english rye versus a german rye and there's actually dramatic differences in the rye uh, the kernel shape and all that or is it just well, more than just flavor? the flavor, flavor the, really. the impact mm. you know i guess it, it, spiciness to use the front the the wine term terroir there's a terroir of yeah. Rye. Yeah, like an appellation and uh, it, it uh-huh. yeah I think everyone knows can, that, can but you, it's, it's interesting. Can you deal with that in percentage-wise? Because uh, one has more flavor. You know, uh, rye is real spicy. So yeah. can you... So I've I've noticed that the, the English rye is yeah. really spicy. It's, it's okay. very sharp, very spicy. German has a little bit more of a, a muted spiciness mm-hmm. to it. It's a little bit huskier. Um, American, it's... Not as impactful. Yeah. I would so say. is it the same kind of flavor impact, and you can dial it in or out, which is with pretty much the percentage you put in. You could, but I, I, I don't know. I've actually started. Well, I've you, started blending the rye. 
We all so, can't. We, oh, you do? As, as like home, different. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, so I'll take a couple different sources and I'll blend it. Yeah, as, as home brewers, we're not going to be able to have sources where we can get all three of those. Yeah. But if we can get one, can we dial it in, dial it out with just a percentage basis? Without knowing where your source is. Well, well let's just I, say. I think the American, if you want that impact, you need to go a little bit higher. Okay. Um, again, it, it, it's. It depending on what else you have going on. You can't make a generalized. Statement. Yeah, for, for me, it's, right. for it's me, like a dry hop. How much yeah. hi, dry hop do you want? Well, what's the base? Beer? A lot. Yeah, for me, ten yeah. percent is low. So. It is, but it's it's a wheat beer, right? With rye. I didn't want to make a rye beer. It, it's it's purposely just enough to balance out that right. sweetness. Hey, Jade. Yep. Will Roberto get a Shoe Bros tattoo? You think? <laughs> Oh, gosh, you know, I got to tell you, Shubros did us a huge favor, but you know what? Seriously, Mike, you, Ian, everybody, God love you, saved our asses. It's a nice logo. Maybe Roberto should thank him by getting a tattoo on his neck. (laughs) Right on his neck. Not tattoo. Not not, not tattoo worthy. Right on his Adam's apple. (laughs) (laughs) I love his beard. All right, Jane. We're very happy to help. We're glad to help out. Uh, It's great to hear from you. Drive safe. Thanks, Jade. You guys have a great night. All right, you too. And we'll talk to you later. All right, you too. Be safe. Jade and Roberto from HopTech Homebrew, of course, uh, great sponsors of the program and uh, good people all around. All right, let's take a break. I know you guys got to get out of here. I want to thank you again for being on the program. Kuhn, Mike, thanks for coming in and hanging out with us. I I know it's a long show, so it's good to to just sit around and talk beer with you guys. It's great to be here. Glad to be here. Thank you. And and thanks for sharing. You can still get Shubro's beer on tap here at the the Hop Grenade. Uh, We've got the triple on, and we've got the 680 IPA right now, and it probably will be here for another day or two. We go through beer pretty quick, so get down here and uh, give it a shot. Uh, You guys are going to brew before you leave, Kuhn, or what? Yes. You leave Thursday? Yeah, I brew on Wednesday. But you're brewing Wednesday? Yeah. Okay. And what's the beer that you're brewing again? We're going to brew the, the Hugel beer. Okay. It's a, it's a Kuhn, Kuhn's beer. It's Kuhn's own. He won't tell us what it is or yeah, what the ingredients are. Chocolate, it's vanilla, mystery wrapped coconut, in an enigma. We'll see what happens. aged stuff. Yeah. Well, I'm excited about it. And then are you coming back in December to, yes. to release it? Yeah. Okay. We'll come back to the hop grenade then. We'll, yeah, put, we'll have we'll, it on here. I will. We'll put it on tap. We'll talk to yeah. you guys about it. It'll be fun. Yeah. Love to. All right. Yeah. Sounds good. Thank right. you for coming in. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you for inviting us. Yeah. Glad All right. Know. Check them out, guys. Go uh, taste the beer. Hang out with them. Um, good people hanging out with us. All right. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we've got beer news to do, right? Yes. And uh, that's about it. So uh, uh, No Twitter games or nothing that kind of no, stuff? No, JP's on vacation. When we come back, we're going to play Guess Where JP Went on Vacation. Oh, three, <laughs> three guesses, and the first two don't count. Very difficult game. Uh, if you can we win. Have, we have to have a game. <laughs> if you win the game, Kuhn will fly you to Belgium. That's, uh, that's the prize In tonight. my suitcase. <laughs> it is suitcase. <laughs> we will do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hang in there. It's the session. We'll be right back. Live from the Hopper Day. You're listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Dark, 
The best thing to happen to brewer's yeast in a century is from White Labs. For pro brewers and home brewers, yeast in the new Pure Pitch Package powered by Flexel technology redefines how fresh your yeast can really be. That's because your yeast is cultured, grown, and delivered all in the same Pure Pitch Package. It's never been transferred and never been exposed to the environment. Pure Pitch is powered by White Labs' proprietary Flexel container, which took six years to develop and is designed to be the best home your yeast has ever traveled in. Just cut open a Pure Pitch package and pitch the purest yeast possible. Learn more about Pure Pitch, powered by FlexCell technology, at whitelabs.com. And while you're there, sign up for one of the many great classes White Labs offers, like Yeast Essentials 2.0, coming up August 22nd and 23rd, or any one of their great workshops for brewers, distillers, and vendors. Pure Pitch from White Labs. Six years to develop, refine, and perfect. Two seconds to open. Hey, Wooly, I'm beat. Can we find a nice tree to just hang out in for a while? You're beat? I've been swinging through this forest for 50 years, ever since we... Ever since we first escaped from the circus. I know, I know, but there's got to be more to life than exploring this creek and trying to populate the valley by copulating with loose, hairy girls. Mark, we stop. Look! What is that? It looks like a man-made treehouse. With fresh food. And craft beer. Welcome to the Creek Monkey Tap House, boys. Grab a seat. Creek Monkeys drink free. Woohoo! Awesome! The Creek Monkey Tap House in Martinez, California, takes their mission of fresh food and beer seriously. They only serve locally raised beef and chicken, as well as local sustainable produce. It's better for you and the planet, and it just tastes better. The beer and wine at Creek Monkey Tap House are chosen with the same care for the highest quality and rotate frequently to make each visit an adventure. Swing on in to the Creek Monkey Tap House and enjoy a new legend of amazing food, beer, and wine. The Creek Monkey Tap House, online at creekmonkey.com. Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters, this is Jamel Zanisha, and I love a bold, hoppy beer, one that spits resin in your face and makes you cry, uncle. There are a lot of great hoppy beers out there, but at Heretic, we want to make something as bold, dank, and resiny as possible. We use hops at every chance we get, including multiple dry hop additions. The result is Heretic Evil Cousin. This light golden, 8% Imperial IPA has an easy malt character that helps take the edge off the massive bittering, but it takes a backseat to the in-your-face hop character. We make sure this beer finishes dry so the hops can jump out and slam me in the taste buds. If you can't get enough hoppy goodness, Evil Cousin is your cup of tea. Cheers. Here's a bite for beer lovers. Soft caramel made with real craft brew and coated in chocolate. And hop drops, hard candies made with real hop oil. Introducing Beer Candy from BeerCandy.com. Beer Candy's amazing caramels come in four mouth-watering flavors. IPA, bitter gold wrapped in smooth white chocolate. Lager, made with a familiar beer from Boston and coated in milk chocolate. Lambic, soury Belgian goodness full of fresh raspberry and dipped in dark chocolate and stout roasty cocoa chocolate insanity hop drops are made with fuggles or cascade hops and are known as the candy that bites you back choose from sampler and full sizes of both and make your mouth jump to life all at beercandy.com hop drops and beer caramels satisfy your sweet tooth as only a beer lover could with beer candy visit beercandy.com today segmented demented Fermented. Fermented. It's the session. Yeah! 
Back to the program, and thanks so much to Mike and Kuhn for hanging out with us tonight. Yeah. That's a fun show. Great guys, fun to hang with. Yeah, good people to hang out. I'm still finishing the triple right now, so that's a, that's a good time. <laughs> Piece of work. Yeah. I'm still I'm amazed by that. Amazed. Nice beer. Known you for years. I've never seen you do that. I know. Uh, I like this one. It's it's just dry enough, and the and the and the esters are subtle enough, but they cover up the alcohol. Like Doc was, uh, you know, doing his best to explain. Um, <laughs> maybe it's the maybe it's the dry hop. That's what I think it is. Yeah, maybe that's the part too. It gives just that added uh, a little bit, one more dimension. Yeah, I think that's maybe why I brought up Brasserie de la Seine too, because they do a. Uh, I re- it's Belgian beer that I really enjoy. And every time I've had it, it's been excellent. Every, just every place, yeah. like, it travels well. I guess it travels well. There's something clean about it. I don't. I, I don't know. Uh, but anyhow, that was a fun show, and uh, we got invited to Belgium, so that's cool. If we go do that again, we can go. Uh, have some fun over there. Um, good to meet people like that. All right, we got a. I told you before the break we were going to play um, Guess Where JP Is On Vacation, which uh, very difficult game. I have no idea. Uh, you know, Moscow, when he creates games, he makes them very difficult. Like Beer, beer Jeopardy is like you have to be fucking Einstein to play. But this game is so much more difficult than even that. I mean, how could you know? Where JP went on well, vacation. I wanted it to be doable, but now, as upon reflection, maybe it's just too difficult. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Well, this game I think is is a bit too difficult. Well, so let's, let's go to our out. first caller. Who's who was it? Uh, Scott from Pittsburgh. Scott from Pittsburgh, uh, Pittsburgh, California, or uh, Pennsylvania? I think so. Hey, Scott, what's happening? Hey, hey, oh, how you guys doing? We're doing all right. How are you, brother? Uh, I'm. It's late at night. I am drunk. I'm doing great. Are you in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania? Yeah, PA. Okay, Pittsburgh, PA. Good, good to know. I feel like Pittsburgh, California, he'd be at the hop grenade. <laughs> yeah, right? so you don't call in from Pittsburgh, <laughs> California. Uh, all right, Scott. Yeah, I would hope so. Now, where do you think JP went on vacation? He's thinking. Definitely thinking. Scott, what's up? Where are you at? If he doesn't get it, can I play? What did, did he drop no, off the line? Can't play. You know where he's at. This got pass out, or he dropped off the line. His phone died. Wow. <laughs> really? <laughs> JP doesn't want us to know. All right. So JP and Bevo, actually, Bevo's on vacation too. Um, but I think we should start are a they new the same place. A new <laughs> they are at the same place. Tasty, yes. <laughs> I know. Ridiculous. Really? <laughs> I guess you doing that once in a while. Let me just ask you this. <laughs> Let me just ask. I mean, why not? Yeah, whatever. They're not here. Let's talk about it. <clears throat> can you imagine? Now, I can understand a few times you go to the, the place. Sure. You, every year, once a year. But can you imagine that every single time you have a vacation, Tasty? Yeah. Of course. Every time. Mm-hmm. Without exception. Tasty's closing his eyes to well, really imagine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to have an out-of-body yes. experience here. Without exception. Right. You go to the exact same place. <laughs> and can you imagine a world where that's what happens? I can't, but <laughs> but realistically, you know, I, I don't I haven't been to this place since what? Enough. Yeah. yeah okay. Since my had uh, some reason to be there that is kids of an age that would appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, to 
to experience it as a, as an adult. Okay, so maybe you're and, missing something. Yeah, is what I mean, you're if saying. the right combination of like you know shrooms and weed, I could probably get into it. <laughs> but I don't think that's what these people are doing there. No, no. The thing is, I don't have a problem with the destination. Yeah. I just find it fascinating. It is that. Every single vacation, yeah. without a single exception, it's amazing. Is to the exact same destination. It must be fucking fun. <laughs> and well, <laughs> it must I, but, be some kind of a thing. Gee, what a hoot! <laughs> I mean, we. Ha- it's not as if we are bereft of passions, right? We all have some oh, things no. we really oh, love. I go to France uh, so many times. Yes, but yeah. to the same place in <laughs> France that's meant for nine-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wait. I just rolled in on this. I'm just guessing we're talking whoa, about this. No, no, no. no. Hold the Doc calls. gave it away. Now, the, now we can play the game. Oh, please. This was my, you just blew our final second. <laughs> Nobody yeah. was going to get it. Every, we're no gonna, one not, ever would have guessed we were talking about Disneyland, You think how Doc? many other parts? There's Knott's Berry Farm. There's Raging Waters. There's yeah. Magic Mountain. There's a million options. Oh, oh, oh come on, Jay. Here we go. Oh, that's all shit. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, I love I love hockey. I'm a huge Kings fan. Am I I can't imagine just every time I had a chance, I'm going to Staples Center for a game. Every yes, vacation. Once occasionally, absolutely. That's great. But every time it's inconceivable. And I'm passionate about things. <laughs> but it's not conceivable to do the same thing every time. I don't I, get it. I find it fascinating. Every uh, time. Oh, well, okay. If you ask him why each time is unique, no, I guess I've never asked that question. <laughs> so he's some secret well, door. Um, <laughs> is there some sort of insider like uh, that? Probably would be his if you answer. Stand on this place for ten minutes on a certain time. Yet, but even happens. even with that, that podcast, they do. Even with that, okay. Let's say, say there is some. Let's sort of assume insiders. you're right because you're probably right. So it's a different experience every time. Wouldn't you still want a completely different experience right. with a new place? Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know. Disney uh, World? Well, <laughs> yeah. okay. Compare let's, and contrast. Just, okay, he's rolling up to Space Mountain. Love, and Love Space Mountain. And the dude Mountain. goes, JP, welcome back. <laughs> ah, <no laughs> Your usual okay. seat, Your Mr. Usual Petros. Seat. Would you, I, I reserved the front. I'll tell you what, if that doesn't happen, Doc, I'm fucking disappointed. Oh, yeah. I'll yeah. be up in all his favorite eatery places over in, like, uh, downtown Disney. Mr. Petros. Mr. Petros. <laughs> Would you like your your normal extra vat of ketchup with your hot dog? Uh, uh, yeah. So maybe that's it. He he gets the, the uh, VIP treatment. Oh. The growing as often as they... Okay, well, now, could be. if there was a steakhouse where I got treated like royalty every time I went, I'd be there every Friday. Well, You'd go every Friday. Yeah. I, think, I think it's Joan Rivers. What's, what's happening? The late Joan Rivers. Who said, right. uh, what's the best restaurant? Too soon. The one they know you, honey. Right. So There you go. They know him at Disneyland. Susie, oh. who's on the phone? Scott is back on the phone. Oh. I don't know. No. <laughs> we had to get a beer last time we answered what's his call. What's his guess? One more chance. Uh, Susie, uh, Scott, where do you think JP's at on vacation? Oh, well, uh, I was going to say JP is visiting the beautiful Buena Park, California at Knott's Berry Farm. Oh, See? Knott's Berry Farm. That was my first guess, too. <laughs> yeah. Now, why not change it up and go to Knott's Berry Farm? I love Farm. Knott's Berry Farm. See, Doc loves Knott's Berry Farm. I grew up probably walking distance I from there. Too. My and, first roller coaster was oh. Knott's Berry Farm. It was the corkscrew. Well, right about now, they're going to be changing it over to Knott's Scary Farm. Oh, for Halloween. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. 
Well, Scott, you're not correct. Yeah, it's I know close. It's, I know it's well, hard. I knew that. It's hard to believe. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> nice try. Uh, I'll tell you what. Send an email to Bevo at thebrewingnetwork.com. Bevo at thebrewingnetwork.com. We'll get you a prize anyway. Thanks, brother. Now, at least Bevo makes sense because she's got the, the child. which And, and, she, she's, and, and Abigail, too. <laughs> right. Yeah. Both of them. And she's, we've had conversations about this, and she has explained it is a whole different experience watching the kids' eyes right. and then ex- experiencing it through how, right, seeing what they're experiencing and well, that I makes sense. I, 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 first of all, I agree. Second of all, I actually don't have an issue with people like, like in Disneyland. It's just a, it's a cool only place. that. It's just the the, the, right. the without fail. Yes, yes. It's, like one vacation a year. I don't know. Go to Las Vegas. <laughs> perplexing. Or well, what's, uh, what's, the, what's the better face? Is it going to be? Is it going to be another thing? The kid. <laughs> Or JP's face every time. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's... Yay. Yeah, was Vivo talking about Abigail or JP when she said experiencing the look on the of awe on the face? I don't, uh, <laughs> you don't know. No, you're right, I don't. <laughs> uh, anyway, that so JP's on vacation this week at... Uh, One more time. Disneyland. Yeah. Well, I, I've i still been there many more times. Than the there's also the have part... You? There's also... Because oh. you, you have the kids. No, I grew up right next to it. Oh, okay. Uh, the, the, well, there's also the part two. I've been there quite a bit. I, when I was, uh, I think I turned 10, something like that, maybe even younger, it was the opening of Captain EO. I saw Captain EO. JP would respect this. I saw Captain EO on opening night. Oh. It was a Friday. My folks had bought me passes for the weekend, and we went on the Friday, and I saw, like, the first showings of Captain EO. Mm. Uh, I loved Disneyland, you know, and then I no. turned 11. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and you were a year late. You're a slow developer. No, I don't know. Me and my cousins Maybe that's and my what brothers, is. We, would get, <laughs> we would get dropped off there early in the day and was like, hey, Call me when you want us to pick you up. Right. And my cousins were literally one mile away. So my parents were over there pretty much just drinking beer and smoking cigarettes. They're like yeah. ready to launch just, from there. Uh, whatever. Just pick us up. So four or five times a week in the summer, I was there. Yeah. Good fun. Yeah. Oh, it was. Anything else, Susie? We had some guy call in and said he worked at Disneyland and never saw JP there, and he's been looking Weird. out for him. He just stands around <laughs> looking at him. <laughs> that, that's pretty good. He, he's the adult. Like yeah. Yeah, so. Um, oh, okay. Good to know. Well, we, should, right. we should probably have Check a, the teacups a, line. A, a JP alert thing where <laughs> JP sightings. <laughs> right. <laughs> Man, we could have that. Photos of JP at yeah. uh, Where was he? Where was he? Oh, he was here five minutes ago. Where's JP? Yeah. JP app. All right, we got to do some beer news, but real quick, let me let you know about our good sponsor over to Adam and Eve. You can go to adamandeve.com right now, and for a limited time, I guess, uh, you get 50% off just about any one item, which is pretty cool. I mean, 50% off of Only one? Giant item. Uh, is, <laughs> a big item? It's pretty, you know, a big black item. Fifty uh, percent off. That's pretty cool. A big old butt plug. Fifty percent off one giant double-ended, double odd black butt item. Butt <laughs> I think that's cool. Uh, you can get fifty percent off uh, just about anything like that. Uh, you get uh, free shipping. 
That's cool. If, even with the big items? You get three yeah. free... Comes in a long box. Yeah, it's a big... <laughs> you get three free adult DVDs. Of any genre we would like? Of pretty much any, any genre you'd like. I mean, they're all there. You name it, they're there. Disney characters? Uh... Well, probably furries. Maybe not mm. Disney. Oh, and there's there's probably cartoons. But there's bound to be a Disney character right. in the furry thing. Not that I know. <laughs> I'm just assuming. Possibly, possibly yeah. Eeyore. Suze, what's your favorite category these days? You're, uh, I like group. You're in a group right yeah, now. Yeah, she's mentioned that before, actually. Is that big groups or just three on three? three Fun three, groups. Three. Oh, yeah? <laughs> any gr- I don't care. The more the merrier. Yeah. But as long ah. as everybody has a good time. I also Have you learned- ever been in a group scenario what? yourself? I learned that there's a lunch lady category recently. A lunch lady category. I was at my friend's work, and we had to suit up with, like... Oh, the hairnet and the hairnet, hair beard nets, and, stuff and like there's that. a I'm like, thing this is the for most that. Unsexy look ever, and I'm like, there's probably a porn category for this. That's the thing about some fetishes; it's it's not about being sexy. It's sometimes it's about the opposite of being sexy, yeah. like the like the duty fetish. Like it's not about that being sexy; it's about how it's disgusting and wrong. So the the lunch lady lunch thing, lady is same an thing. Category, it's that know. it's wrong. It's so wrong. It's that oh. it's taboo. Oh. Mystery meat. <laughs> don't eat it. <laughs> don't eat the, um. the, is that the name of the DVD? Lunch ladies, <laughs> don't eat the meat. <laughs> <laughs> Mystery meat. <laughs> anyway, oh. uh, three free adult DVDs, um, and then um, free shipping, and yeah. um, 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 oh, uh, and then a gift. Oh yeah, you get that free. A mystery gift. A mystery gift. It's a pretty cool gift. I've gotten it. Uh, oh, you got it? Oh, yeah, I got that. Yeah. Do you get different ones, too? Like, they change it. Well, I've only it. done the one free, the free thing one time. Oh. I guess I could try that again. But. Yeah, I still got to put it in order. I haven't put it. I never yeah. know. Really? All this time? There's too many options. I go looking through, and I can't decide. Where's, where's yeah. Pale 31? That's why you should keep <laughs> no, I more just need things. things. I need good old Pale 31 option, you know? They should have, like, a category. You punch in some weird... Just word, yeah, and they can make up your package. Yeah, see, oh, yeah. now that I would do if the, I don't have to think about you it. Could, the the you Pandora the, of yeah, sex stores. Yes, like, just say lunchtime or lunch lady, and they just come up with your free gift. Don't yawn into the microphone, taste. I'm not that close to it. <laughs> <laughs> you did not hear that. I mean, it we're trying like a to yawning you sound effect. That. We're You're in the middle. We're in the middle of a live <laughs> read. We're the end of a live. Show. <laughs> 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 four. I'm allowing the yawn during the last oh, hour. Oh, double-sided dildo. <laughs> 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 an exciting free gift. <laughs> like the multi-stage yawn. <laughs> all right, use coupon code BNARMY. That's B-N-A-R-M-Y and get all that cool stuff. All right, let's do uh, the beer news and then uh, we can get out of here. Like a nap during Out. We're going to take a nap. Yeah. It's the Brewing Network's beer news brought to you by homebrewstuff.com. Well, I got some good news to lead it off this week. California lawmakers have voted to approve Assembly Bill 2609, which allows homebrew organizations to host events in California. Governor Jerry Brown signed the legislation last week, and the new law goes into effect January 1, 2015. The most important effect, of course, will be that the AHA in 2015, which is slated for San Diego, can actually happen. Uh, It was in jeopardy, if you recall, of uh, moving out of state as a result of legislation last year that uh, supposedly inadvertently would have put the kibosh on the conference, and it had already forced the cancellation of uh, the Southern California Homebrewers Festival this year, uh, regrettably. But uh, the, le- the legislation, to refresh your memory, the thing that screwed everything up, 
It authorized the donation of homemade beer or wine to nonprofit organizations for fundraising events, but it excluded organizations that exist solely to promote homebrewing, like homebrew clubs. Right. Um, so you, some of you might have already seen this. They, the AHA sent out an email uh, last week, and uh, Gary Glass had some uh, statements in there. And uh, basically, it praised the law, thanked uh, the supporters of the legislation, all the sponsors, uh, and, of course, the uh, California Homebrewers Association, who spearheaded the effort. This one is a big deal. Now, Tasty, you remember this. It's clear oh, yeah, I'm well aware of this. Uh, it was a big deal because at first it was awesome that um, all of a sudden homebrew was allowed to be poured at beer festivals such as Winterfest. Right. And we they were fundraisers for, for other yeah, things. And, and not for sale. Yeah. Uh, but then the, the, but the piece that was put in that, that screwed everything up was that it said the whatever event it was being poured at could not be for the sole purpose of promoting or benefiting homebrew which is what screwed over the SoCal Homebrew Fest because it was a that's a nonprofit but the nonprofit is dedicated to homebrewing and then the same with the AHA the Homebrew Association it's a nonprofit dedicated to homebrewing so this was a big deal we thought you know Tasty and I we really praised this when it first came <laughs> it out great. because we thought it was fantastic. We had a legal pour, like yeah, yeah, to pour at the Winterfest. What we didn't realize was that there was this other little amendment put in there that yeah. that, that had this exclusion, and it was really screwing things up. So I ha- the reason I'm kind of elaborating on this a little bit is that I want to give kudos once again to the American Homebrewers Association. Yeah. Now the AHA was under the gun, of course, because the we have the National Homebrewers Conference here in San Diego in 2015. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so it, what it did was effectively ban th- this from happening. Now all of a sudden we're, we're pouring uh, homebrew at an event that is for the sole purpose of promoting homebrew. Well, they did what they do best, which is to really rally the troops, um, talk to legislators, get us to write to our uh, local uh, representatives. And the thing – this law got changed. I, I, I'm kind of speaking uh, tongue-in-cheek here, but – in my opinion, in record time. It was quick. Like, this stuff usually yeah, yeah. is a whole process. It but was a short cycle. It was so fast that they were to get this amendment written, this change in the law written, uh, and, and put through. What a great job. And this is what the AHA does for you. Right. And, and they certainly did for us here in California. And certainly the Southern California Homebrewers Association uh, got the thing going. Yeah. But the AHA's, uh, hey, you know, this is also affecting our national conference in san diego uh that's next year yeah added a lot of weight to the whole thing for sure yeah absolutely and 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 the rally you're right about the southern california homebrew yeah, association a them. lot of the southern california homebrew clubs uh, who of yeah. course are part of that um just did great but i just find it to be a amazing example of what these people do really well which is just getting yeah. everybody together yeah. and changing yeah the, yeah they the know how to get the language right yeah. and uh, yeah. how to you know contact the senators and all kinds of it stuff. was fantastic so kudos to them and 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 good for us because now scott we can go back to the uh, socal homebrew fest next year thank god and we get to have nhc in san diego yes. so uh, yeah who doesn't win, want win, win. and we yeah. still have our legal uh, poor hair at our festival yeah there's a woman who just sat on her couch who has a collar on her neck and i find that uh, I think it's a pearl necklace. It's a pearl necklace. <laughs> it really is a pearl necklace. I find that incredibly hot. Uh, why? Carry on, please. <laughs> uh, come but, down to the hop grenade and watch live shows. You get Susie, to have fun. Susie's with this really stuff, trying to crane her neck. You to can look. come out of your boots, Susie. You're not like you're not like in jail. She'd rather see you uh, staring at her than us. I'm sure of it. Pearl neck. Carry on. 
Bud Light's Up For Whatever campaign descended on the historic Colorado mining town of Crested Butte this past weekend. Uh, AB paid the town five hundred grand to paint Main Street blue for the weekend mm. and throw a two-day rager for a thousand out-of-town contest winners. The population, by the way, of Crested Butte is fifteen hundred. Uh, who earn half their, a million dollars? Half they a million paid. bucks. Um, these out-of-towners earn their invitations online, and it was all content for Bud Light's twenty fifteen Super Bowl commercial. Wow! So AB painted the entire Main Street blue. They issued GPS-enabled wristbands, without which you could not get to downtown. Inside all of the bars and restaurants, only Bud Light bottles lined the shelves. Uh, the familiar, mostly historic mountain decor was replaced with anything and everything blue. There were smile, you're on camera, notices plastered everywhere. The vibe, full-on Cancun spring break. There was a huge sand volleyball court with palm trees surrounded by hot tubs. Uh, if you didn't want to go into a bar to order a beer, you need only reach up and grab a bottle out of the sky from one of the many drones flying beers around <laughs> to the uh, party goers. Wow. Uh, there was a life-size chessboard, a human bowling alley, a petting zoo, a huge game of beer pong, and literal drag racing, go-karts captained by drag queens. So town councilors had given their approval to this. after. Eight. So originally, AB offered 250 k They doubled it to 500 k um, And they just let them go nuts. And they let them go nuts. Now... Predictably, there were a few residents that were not down with whatever. Sure. Um, take, <laughs> for <course>. example, <laughs> uh, resident and former U.S. Senator Tom Worth. He said 500 gram was not nearly enough. He wrote a, fired off a letter to the town council outlining why it was a bad idea. He said, the town government is not elected to turn the town into a weekend beer hall using public resources and public property, nor is it elected to carry on a secret behind-the-scenes negotiations waiting until commitments are a fait accompli before informing town residents. Why? Why? What else was happening for the 1,500 people that weekend? Not Nothing. And to, to, to Crested Butte's credit, it seems like the vast majority of the town joined in on the party and just kind of <laughs> lived it up for two days. Yeah, because what were they doing otherwise? They were watching fucking rodeo on Wednesday night. Pretty it much. Oh, no drag racing. 1,500 people, half a million dollars, and your town gets turned into a playground lighten up everybody yeah let's relax you should have kicked them all 100 bucks they'd be all smiles in their face seriously yeah. relax i want a drone i want to do this flying me a drone and right a oh, come yeah. on all i can think as you're reading this story is if the bn ever had an actual budget that's the shit we would do no all the kidding time. The enough with all the serious stuff we try to do with the advertising and the sp- what a pain in the ass yeah. we would just throw enormous parties i, I would that's so what we would do just Cancel that would put us on the map. Cancel. Yes. <laughs> We'd be experts at it. We All would just throw enormous parties. That's what I we do. I don't even want to be paid anymore. I would just like to have <laughs> that stuff happen every time. Because you live to party. Yeah. You work to party. Uh, if it was just party working, why not? Yeah, enough with all this work we've been doing uh, the last several years. I'm, Start I'm partying for, again. I'm foregoing all my compensation <laughs> from this point on. And just going to party? Hey, Doc, yeah. you're finally making right. fucking sense on exactly. this show. <laughs> why are we not talking about beer? I want a drone. A drone that will fly me a beer. Yeah. yeah. God bless him. We need to uh, maybe set up Chad's old homebrew system on the patio. Bust out the hoop <laughs> out here. Yeah, yeah, just old times. Back, Back to the roots. To old times. I'm tired of all this work we've been doing. Yeah. Uh, what else? All right. Here's a couple more. What well, um, work? So when you guys think of Guinness, you think of, uh, of course, the uh, Irish Dry Stout that has uh, long been one of the world's uh, staple beers, but. Perhaps unknown to the masses is that their their brewers experiment pretty frequently, apparently, and their latest offering is a blonde lager. Of course um, it is. That Guinness is now going to distribute nationwide. 
Uh, it's not the first lager. Um, they produced Harp Lager, of course, which was really popular in Ireland, and it's declined a lot in recent years. Isn't that a blonde lager? I uh, thought that that's what the... Uh, no, it's it's a different offering. So here, oh. here's what they're doing. They're, they're trying again, Guinnesses, but with a, a historic twist, they say that they think it'll make it uh, succeed. Uh, so it won't be brewed at the famous St. James Gate facility in Dublin or in Ireland's uh, Dundalk Brewery, where Harp is made. They'll be brewing it in Latrobe. Pennsylvania, home of uh, Rolling Rock. Oh, they're making Rolling Rock. Now, well, what's interesting is they say... I thought Sam Adams took over the Latrobe Brewery. Uh, some of their production. I don't know about the brand. Okay. Yeah. Well, they, uh, this didn't mention Sam Adams. I'm not sure. but So what they're doing is, um, for the first time, uh, the company's 125-year-old proprietary yeast is making the trip across the Atlantic to become a key ingredient. Uh, entirely American hops, mostly Pacific Northwest. And uh, Guinness has been promoting this pretty heavily very recently. Uh, didn't you go to a release party for this? I didn't end up making it to that. Oh. They, did, they did just do it recently, and I haven't had this yet. But I am interested to see what Guinness yeast is going to do to a, a blonde lager with American hops. It's just a weird mix. I think it's bullshit. How's that? I don't know. It just sounds, it sounds like they're making harp. <laughs> At the fucking Rolling Rock Brewery? <laughs> making harp. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, call me a skeptic and... They're never going to spend money with us Harper's anyway. Harper's good so for like a, a black but, and tan. Yeah, <laughs> really I just feel like that. it's a gimmick, don't you think? Hey, hey, guys, here's the marketing team sitting around. So get this. We've always made black beer, right? <laughs> what if we call it Guinness, but it's not black? <laughs> What about Harp? All their marketing minds were blown. What about one of the guys who raised his hand and says, what about Harp? <laughs> yeah. Well, like, they said, no, no, no. Do you hear the part where I say, we call it Guinness still? But we're, 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 but we, so, 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 yes, it's Harp. We're using that recipe. But we call it Guinness. Genius. I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm putting the cart before the I'm jumping the gun here. Maybe it's a whole new beer. I haven't had it. But I'm feeling like I'm being duped. That's what I feel like. I feel yeah. like I'm being duped. Yeah, it seems like they're just adding confusion now. Kind of like that French beer you gave us. Trying to get attention. <laughs> Duping you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I hope it's good. I don't know. Me too. What do I care? Yeah, the let the beer speak for itself, right? Yeah. Well, uh, all right, and then fine. finally uh, this week, uh, here is your depressing uh, news, d- depressing ditty from the news department. Oh, so we're we're, we're going to end on that? Yeah. Susie's <laughs> only an A cup. Oh, that's depressing. Wow, that, that depresses me. Look me in Boy. the boobs and tell me this is an A cup. <laughs> look me in the boobs. I think her areola is an A cup. All right. Here, here, here's... Oh, no. That was a good one, Moskowitz. Thank you. When it comes to the boobs, bring out the jokes in me. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, all right. Here it is. Armed robbers. This is amazing. Tied up employees and stole more than 10 grand in cash from the Minnesota Craft Brewers Guild's exhibit at the Minnesota State Fair last week. Wow. Fair police said it was the first armed robbery of a vendor in Minnesota State Fair history. The robbery was reported shortly after 11 p.m. Friday night. Um, neither of the two employees working at the guild were injured. And the whole thing went down in less than 10 minutes. Police aren't saying what sort of weapon was used in the robbery, but they did say uh, that there were a ton of security cameras and they have several suspects. Uh, Minnesota Craft Brewers Guild's Land of 10,000 Beers exhibit sold flights of beer from dozens of Minnesota craft breweries. It was the third year they had hosted the exhibit at the fair. So they sold tons of flights, made a bunch of cash, and robbers made off with it. Wow. Amazing. Inside. You know what? Inside job. I always worry about this at Winterfest. Oh, yeah? I'm not going to lie. I'm a pretty trusting guy. I generally don't care. Like, I leave my car unlocked. I just think, I think the best in people. But Winterfest kind of freaks me out. 
You know, you got a big bag of money. People well, are buying tickets, uh, and it only yeah. Uh, we've had it, we've had Winterfest in some sketchy parts of town. Yeah, uh, Oakland, Berkeley. Berkeley yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> and even I, yeah, I, I sometimes I fear that one day some douchebags just going to catch us off guard. And uh, no, you see how much police we have around here. Well, we do have a lot of police. The cops like us too, so they they do they do a good job. They're, they're hanging. Out. They they never give us a problem. They talk to us. You should. No, ask, they're all about you it. Should Ask them to accompany you. No, they the do. End. Oh, they do. They do. Uh, but it's still just. I'm just saying it crosses my mind all sure. the time because well, it just takes one gnarly thing. Well, because uh, well, Bob Schwartz is holding all the money. Yeah, it takes. I don't know. You get one crackhead who's just overzealous. Uh, we need needs two, a, needs two, another rock. Two cops over there. Yeah. You no, can we send always me have lots. There. We have lots. I'll of take co- care of it. You take care of it, Suze? Yeah. What are you like a black belt in something? I'm yeah. Asian. I'm a fucking ninja. <laughs> ninja. I play hockey. Come on. Now. You're a hockey Tasty ninja. Tasty just touched my legs, so he can vouch for me. She's rock solid, that girl. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, she's a hockey ninja. Mm-hmm. She has smother capability. <laughs> All right. Well, God bless the uh, California uh, Brewers Guild, uh, the Homebrewers Association. I should say. We'll yeah. see what happens with Bud Light's up for whatever campaign. We'll taste the Guinness, and I hope the robbers of the Minnesota State Fair. Burn in hell, that's the news. Brought to you by homebrewstuff.com. Go to homebrewstuff.com slash promotions and uh, get your winter warmer kits and your uh, your barley wine kits because the time to brew your winter beers is right now. Barrel age that stuff, mellow out that stuff, and watch the um, expressions on your relatives' faces when you give them that beer in December. Ugh. Homebrewstuff.com. All right. Great show, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us. It was a good time. Uh, next week, we've got McLeod Brewing Company in studio once again, right? Yeah, coming Where all the they way. From? They're from Southern Cal, and okay. they. Uh, my understanding is they are an all-English ale brewery, so uh-huh. they're bringing up uh, their own uh, cask system, I believe. Okay. And uh, we'll have some English beers on, and we'll talk to those guys about English brewing. What city are they from? Oh, get the, the Valley, like oh, Burbank okay. or something? Okay. Yeah. All right. The Valley. The Valley. All right, thanks for hanging out with us. We'll be back next week with another great show. It's another Monday here from the Hop Grenade. I'd like to thank everybody for coming in the studio. Thanks to Shoe Bros, and uh, thanks to Kuhn from Hugel uh, Brewing Company for oh, yeah. hanging out with us tonight and uh, bringing us some nice beer. Uh, good to hang out with those guys and learn about the collaboration deal right going on right here in our own backyard. Yeah, Santa pretty Mo. cool. So that's nice to see. Suze, thanks for coming in and working the chat for us tonight. Thank you, Susie. We haven't seen you in a while, so nice to see you. What'd you drive out here? The Volkswagen? No. No. I have seven. That's my daily red. You have seven cars? Her name is Seven. Your other car is Seven? <laughs> Sometimes you totally creep me out, Susie. I'm not going to lie. Why? You have a weird thing. That was kind of creepy. Like, uh, you're you like, know, her name is Seven. He's like, <laughs> you're like you're going to stab me. It, it's like we know what that means. Susie creeps me out. Sorry. We In don't know way. what that means. It could be a rage cup that creeps you out. <laughs> or, the, or the group sex thing. <laughs> All right, everybody. Lunch, ladies. We'll lunch, see you lunch. next week. See ya. <laughs>